hey guys, I may have go away heat, but these guys have true heel heat. So you better listen to the podcast or else I'm going to kick you in your fucking cock and balls. Hello, hello, hello. It is me, it is me, your True Hill Phenom SP3. We are live on the True Hill Heat YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter for NJPW Russell Kingdom 18 review. Discussing the big Tokyo Dome show from 2024, the 18th edition of Wrestle Kingdom, the biggest event of New Japan Pro Wrestling's year, and we are here to discuss it all. And when we discuss New Japan Pro Wrestling, I am always joined by my esteemed colleague. You go, you go to him for your movie reviews over on his podcast, and he's always here for the past, present, and future of New Japan Pro Wrestling. It's your boy. J News. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, ladies and gentlemen. We are here. We are here. God damn it, I'm tired. But anyways, <laughs> it's been a rough couple of days. Uh man, can I say this? A lot of the time, the last couple of years with Wrestle Kingdom, we've gotten a couple of surprises, and I can appreciate the surprises, right? But then you know, you got to stay up for New Year's Dash SP3. How was it to stay up for that event? I didn't, After stay, I didn't, I didn't stay up. <laughs> you didn't stay I just up. Want to specify that. Uh, <laughs> went to sleep around 11 p.m., got my five hour nap in, woke up for New Year's Dash. And I'm glad I woke up because it was noteworthy. That's for damn sure. Matt Riddle is now in uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling, a decision that. Polarizing would be the best description of it uh, from what I've seen online. Yes. Uh, you also got big matches being named for Battle in the Valley with Shingo mm-hmm. Takagi versus John Moxley. No disqualification. The main event of Kashiko Okada versus Will Ospreay. Will Ospreay announcing his final NJPW matchup will be on February 11th at New Beginning. In the first time in nearly 20 years, New Japan Pro Wrestling will have a steel cage match five on five steel cage warfare of united empire versus bullet club war dogs who had a crazy brawl on that show and we also got teases of zach saber jr versus brian danielson too as well as tmdk going for the never open weight six man tag team title so yes noteworthy to say the least new year's day <laughs> Can't forget about Gabe Kidd throwing down that challenge to Eddie Kingston for that battle in the valley. That boy, that boy's on something, son. He's on something. Wore the crimson mask, cursed up a storm during his promo, but at the end of the day, got across. Oh man, gotta love it. Gotta love it. Um, yeah, man. Get, get us, let's, let's, let's get this underway, man. We got a lot to talk about. We got a lot to, to tap into. Uh, so uh, yeah. We New appreciate- Japan off the hot start. <laughs> Yes, New Japan is cooking again. Gato's in the kitchen. He's cooking again. I'm glad to see it. 
Uh, we appreciate y'all for joining us live. Appreciate y'all if you're watching us on demand. Show that appreciation back by the simplest way possible. Drop the thumbs up on this video. Share this video with all your wrestling fans, friends, and family on all your favorite social media platforms. If you're new to the True Hill Heat YouTube channel, hit that subscribe button. Hit the bell to stay notified for all the great content here. And of course, sound off in the live chat. We love to interact with all of you in the live chat. So we'll try to highlight as many of your comments as possible. But of course, if you're feeling generous and you want to make sure we highlight your comment on screen, you want to hear our thoughts, you got a question for us, you can send a super chat donation that is so, so important to what we do here. We are a self-funded channel, so every little bit matters. It counts and it goes back to all the contributors that you see on screen. So we always appreciate that. We got a couple of people already in the chat with us. Dolores, as always. Proper and early in the chat saying, join True Hill Heat Patreon. Best money you will spend for sure. Uh, she also says, New Year's Dash was good. It definitely was. Uh, we got Frantic World in the chat saying, what's up, SP3, J News in chat. I am watching the New Year's Dash show now. See, you get there you go. We got Big Band Dog saying, that's pretty crazy. I remember people seeing, uh, seeing people post about NJPW doing a cage match a few weeks ago. No, they did a coffin match. They did a coffin match a few weeks ago. You probably, the C's. The C's are very confusing, sir. It's understandable. Uh, but yes, let's get into Wrestle Kingdom 18 from the Tokyo Dome. More than 27,000 people in attendance in the Tokyo Dome, up from last year's attendance. So you always love to see that. And of course, the show kicked off with the New Japan Rambo over on the pre-show uh, starting at 1.30 a.m. Eastern Time. Uh, the Rambo, you had a bunch of guys who were very prominent throughout the year for New Japan Pro Wrestling featured in this one from the guys in United Empire, Hanare, uh, Jeff Cobb, and Great Okan. You had Tomohiro Ishii in this one. Tai Chi was here. You had the, day, the return of Hayata. So uh, coming in here, making his presence known after the All-Star Junior Festival from Mishinoku Pro. He was featured in this one. We saw the return of Azuki with the uh, with the uh, the metal fingers, the, the iron fingers showing off, fingering people in the throat. Very good time. Uh, and then it all came down to our final four in the matchup. He had... In the Rambo, you had uh, Yo was uh, apparently known, and he made it to the final four uh, last eliminating show. You had Great Okan in there, Taiji Ishimori, and of course, Tori Yano. So the final four for New Year's Dash was those four. And then this morning, we had the four-way matchup, which all of a sudden became a scramble match, a 10-minute scramble match where you had to score. You could score as many pinfalls in the 10 minutes as you as you want, but the person with the final pinfall would become the King of Pro Wrestling champion, and it was none other than Taiji Ishimori who pulled off the win, avoiding Great Okan from getting a victory right before the buzzard. So Taiji Ishimori, our new KOPW champion. But what did you think about the Rambo on Wrestle Kingdom? Much like I said uh, during, during our watch-along, the Rambo was the Rambo <laughs> at the end of the day. It, uh, it, got, it got good brothers paid, and, and guys got their time. Um, you know, we got, we got a couple of surprises here. I, I, I was even taken aback by seeing Hayato in there. I was like, what the, what's going on here? I was like, okay, cool. Um, 
And uh, yeah, no, I mean, at the end of the day, it served its purpose. Uh, we got we got down to the final four, and then obviously they 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 paid it off at New Year's Dash. Was not expecting Taiji Ishimori to be the new KOPW champion. No, I I think we were very adamant that we thought Great Khan was the one who yeah. needed it and yeah. thought that he would he would firmly win, but we were wrong. As per guess, usual, it is what it is at the end of the day. But uh, I wonder what he'll do with it necessarily. Uh, so we'll see. We'll see. Next up, we go to the main card, and then the main card kicked off with the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Championships up for grabs as the Bullet Club War Dogs, Drilla Maloney and Clark Connors, defended against Catch 2-2, Francisco Akira, and TJP, who was put in the coffin during the coffin match in Kurgan Hall on the road to the Tokyo Dome. He hadn't been seen for the last two weeks since, did not even appear at the press conference the night prior, and then he shows up as Filipino Fiend. Filipino Fiend, this mask was scary as hell. The entrance, he came out of the coffin. He had like Edward Scissorhand mutant hands and stuff like that. Had the whole uh, Filipino outfit going on. It was a very kind of ominous presence by TJP with this new attire here. Um, and they were called, he was dressed as an Asawa, which is a Filipino cryptid. Um, but this match was very fast paced still, uh, even though it felt like the crowd didn't really know how to respond to the new TJP character. It was very unique. The Bullet Club War Dogs wearing the all white should have been a sign that they were going to lose with their all new all white straps. Uh, but they look good here, getting some offense, even on a on TJP, taking them out of play for a bit, isolating Akira for a good portion of this matchup before TJP was able to free them up. Uh, the War Dogs bounce back with a little spear, high low combination. They hit uh, TJP with the Drilla Killer, but D, uh, TJ broke the count uh, by grabbing the hand of the referee like he was the damn Undertaker. He then gets up, he bites uh, Maloney, then sprays him in the face with the miss a la Muta. Then they take out uh, they take out Clark Connors. They hit Maloney with the 2-2, two -two, the knee-knees. One, two, three, TJP and Francisco Akira catch 2-2 two -two, are now three-time, three-time, three-time IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Champions. I gave this match three and a half stars. Uncle Dave Meltzer in the Wrestling Observer newsletter also gave the match three and a half stars. What did you think about this one? No, it was cool, man. I thought the uh, TJP's entrance as Asmong was 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 pretty cool. Was pretty dope. I was like, this is different because um, a lot of the time you don't, you know, they they get creative with their uh, with their ring jackets or their attire and stuff like that. But he came out with a whole new persona and stuff like that, which I can appreciate. Uh, so that was pretty cool. And uh, the match lived up to what I thought it was going to be at the end of the day. It was very it was very fast paced, uh, good back and forth, and it didn't go past the 15 minute mark. So at the end of the day, that's that's the new Japan, uh, that's the new Japan way when it comes to these uh, super junior uh, the singles matches and the tag matches at that. But uh, glad catch you to regain those the, those tag team titles. Now the the junior war dogs can go ahead and uh, either do something else or keep feuding or whatever they're, they're going to do at this point. Um, I think I think what they're going to concentrate on until February at least is going to be this whole war in the cage thing with the undisputed empire. So it gives them uh, it gives them good good credence to have the anger and the angst to go forward. So 
Yeah, they have they have more of a reason than almost anybody in Bullet Club War Dogs to be upset with uh, United Empire currently. So it is uh, very interesting uh, that everything played out the way it did at New Year's Dash, kind of continuing this rivalry that really started ever since last spring when uh, Drilla mm-hmm. Maloney turned on uh, the Bullet Club War. I mean, uh, turned on United Empire. So yeah, I like it. I like it. I like it a lot. Uh, but we're gonna we're gonna see how that transpires coming up on February 11th in the five on five steel cage warfare. But we got a couple of comments to highlight here. Keep coming with those comments. Remember those super chat donations always help out, guys. Uh, we got uh, Big Man Dog says, "No, I meant fans saying they like to see a a cage match." Oh, okay, okay. Uh, yeah, because the way you worded it before, you said New Japan doing a cage match a few weeks ago. I was like, no, no. Um, we got an RPG saying, morning, guys. We live in weird times now. Indeed, indeed. A lot of decisions. The decisions were made. Uh, we got Stu Sage in the chat. Thanks for joining us. He says, woke up late and missed the opening match, then read about Riddle. Mad times. What's your thoughts on Matt Riddle in New Japan Pro Wrestling? Um... Look, man, I mean, at the end of the day, I'm not I'm going to sit here and say as much news as I take in. I don't know everything. So I'm not too I'm not necessarily uh, keen on what all the hate towards Matt Riddle is about, per se. I have always been a fan of his in ring. I don't know him as a person, so I can't say this, that or the third about what he's done or what he hasn't done and shit like that. Uh, It's Japan. It works the same with baseball. If you're a freaking felon here, you go to Japan, you still get played, you still get you still get paid and you play. So it's, it works the same way with wrestling at the end of the day. So if the dude seems to be off-putting here in the US, Jap- Japanese, Koreans, they'll give you a shot at the end of the day. So that's just the way it works. So regardless of the fact of how much of cancel culture we believe in and things of that nature, he's still a pretty good in-ring performer. So at the end of the day, Gato, whoever thought this was a feasible idea, they, they, they brought it forward, and he's going to face Tanahashi for the TV title. He won't win, obviously. <laughs> so at the end of the day, it's just a different match for Tana to have against a different competitor he's never faced. That's that's really what I take it as at this point. I mean, Matt Riddle has made some very bad decisions. Uh, if this was a decision made by New Japan Pro Wrestling five years ago, I would be ecstatic. I would be like, mm-hmm. oh, this is awesome. Matt Riddle, guy from the independents, great stuff. Yeah, in New Japan, that, that makes a lot of sense. But after his WWE stint, after his involvement in the speaking out movement and the allegations against him, his treatment of his wife and his kids, his whole antics on social media. Yeah, I understand yeah, not I, I understand not knowing, but all yeah, I will say I, is that yeah. do your due diligence. Yeah. Um <laughs> that's that's the thing. That's I, I, and and, I, and and I'm I've always said this. I don't spend my time on freaking Twitter and shit like that. And I don't read the dirt sheets and I don't do any of that. I enjoy wrestling for, for face value. What these guys do on their, on their personal time, it is what it is at the end of the day. If, if it's negative, Hey, at the, that's what it is. But for me, I don't know what the fuck's going on. So sorry guys. <laughs> we also got uh Nikki boy who says catch two, two are one of the best oh, yeah. uh, junior tag teams. New Japan ever had. They've been really a stabling force yeah. ever since like the breakup of Rapongi 3k and the young bucks leaving the junior heavyweight division. They needed a team like this, but 
reason we brought up Matt Riddle right then and there is because uh, the person he will possibly face in his debut was up next as we had the NJPW World Television Championship up for grabs. Zack Sabre Jr. defending against Hiroshi Tanahashi. And surprisingly, this was almost as fast-paced or more fast-paced then the opening contest, yeah. we get some grappling early on between the two guys, but Tadahashi answers with two quick twists and shouts. He hits the uh, sling blade. He hits the crossbody. He goes for a high fly flow, but Saber uh, blocks with the knees. He transitions into a bridging pin that nearly won him the matchup. Tadahashi rebounded back with the dragon screw. He goes for the Texas Cloverleaf, but uh, Zach catches him and takes control of the arm into an arm bar we get kind of reversals back and forth between arm bar and uh the texas cloverleaf we get zach going after the neck with a neck crank the pair trade trap pins for a little bit after a strike exchange one zsj escapes he secures a uh sleeper at at another point he transitions the sleeper into an octopus hold zsj then stuffs the uh drag he gets stuffed with his dragon screw uh this opens up the two neck Cranks and a penalty kick. ZSJ attempts to follow up with the Zax driver, but Tadahashi rolls him up into a quick pin. Then we get pinning combinations back and forth. We get two counts, two count, two count, one count, one count, one count, two count. Then Tadahashi reverses that pin into this pin. One, two, three, eight minutes, eight and a half minutes. Just totally busting what we usually expect from an NJPW World Television Championship, a fast-paced technical wrestling clinic that Hiroshi Tanahashi, President Ace, is now President TV Champion as Hiroshi Tanahashi becomes only the second NJPW World Television Champion, ending the historic one-year reign of Zack Sabre Jr. on his 17th defense, 16 successful defenses, the most prolific and winningest NJPW uh, champion of the past decade, Zack Sabre Jr., uncrowned by President Ace here. Very surprising uh, result before we had our preview where kind of Walker kind of laid out laid it out for us and even convince you to pick tanahashi in our preview uh walker stewart the njpw commentator who did a great job on this show by the way and but this match i enjoyed the hell out of it i don't think i've ever seen an eight minute match as good as that i gave it four stars no man it was uh it, it was a fun time it, it did breeze by by the way i did not expect it to go eight and a half minutes I, I i was i was at the end of it all by the time i by the time the show started i was like all right so it should be a draw that's what that's what i said to myself but then when tana won i said to my, what are they doing and i was like what with, with, with tana having to be the tv champion he's gonna be on tv all the time and i was yep. like i was like he's supposed to be president ace what are we doing like, so you're gonna be president and champion this is the player manager thing that they used to do in baseball and basketball. The other day. So, Keith Potato uh, says Tata became president and instantly gave himself a title. That's my goat. Yeah, man. We'll, we'll. I mean, hopefully it all goes well. Uh, I mean, at, at the at the dash, he had a he had a one on one versus Ryusuke Taguchi, so that that went off as his first defense there. And then the then after Tata won, then the the Matt Riddle video played and whatnot. And there was there was that challenge. So uh, we'll we'll see how it goes, but it was a fun match nonetheless. 
Uh, I enjoyed it. It was uh, it was interesting. I wanted to see Zach keep on going, but you know, <laughs> it is what it is. <laughs> Same. I can't. I can't lie. I, I wanted the ZSJ the ZSJ reign to continue as well. Uh, we got Frantic World in the chat. It says Tadahashi is making some good decisions so far in, in JPW. Making some wise decisions. Put the title on me. That makes sense. Uh, we got Valabi who says Tata is starting his Muda arc. Gonna politic himself to all titles. Stuche saying uh, Tata knows he can't go longer than 15 minutes anymore. So make sure he never has to go more than 15 again. There you go. Damn shame. Damn shame. <laughs> Ain't gonna be no time limit draws in this rain. I guarantee that. Uh, next up, you had Yuya Yuyamura going one on one with Yoda Suji, a battle of two of the young stars of NJPW here. And this one was a really fun one that was another kind of fast paced matchup yes. at certain points where we had a lot of quick sequences that the crowd really enjoyed and were vocal for. This match opened with the Colorado tie ups, transitioned into some technical wrestling. Once separated, Yuramura tried to run at Suji, but Suji caught him with a sudden spine buster and then hits that big tope to the floor. Back in the ring, Suji scores with a near fall after the electric chair drop. We get uh, Suji maintaining his control until uh, Yuramura lands an arm drag and a drop kick. A backdrop allows Yuramura to climb to the top, but he missed uh, the crossbody, leaving Suji free to hit uh, Yuramura with a big backbreaker, retaking control. Uh, Suji attempts a dream blaster, but Yuramura reversed into an arm drag again. Suji transitioned into a big uh, into a pinning combination, but and followed up with a big old curve stop stomping Yuramura's head into the ground, but uh, Yuramura kicks out of that as well. Yuramura avoids a second curb stomp and lands a big uh, suplex for a near fall. Yuramura didn't let this opportunity pass. He immediately grabs the arm, grabs the other arm, hits the deadbolt suplex, one, two, three, an upset win here of sorts as Yuri Yuramura defeats Yoda Suji here. This one uh, also got a pretty good amount of time going uh, just over 13 minutes, and I really enjoyed this one as well. I gave it three and three-quarter stars. What do you think about this one and Yuramura picking up the win? I mean, he needed it. Yeah. Yuri Yuramura needed the win here. Uh, he's, uh, as you said when we were doing the watch along, he has been the outside man looking in after this whole uh, Rewa Three Musketeers uh, announcement uh, mid-year last year and, and things of that nature, we all know Yoda Suji's a star. Big Suji's going to do big things. But Yuya Moore should be in the same light. And this, I think, was a good win for him. Uh, only thing I wanted was more time for this match because I thought there could there could have been much more to do. But you know, we got a couple decades of these guys coming. So you know, at the end of the yeah, day, they only, it just went under uh, eleven minutes actually. Minutes, right? So yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, at the end of the day, I think it's uh, it was a good start to building their eventual decades-long feud that, that they'll have. Uh, they'll probably switch places. One of them will be uh, a heel at one point. <laughs> so, you know, we'll see it all. We'll see it all. 
Big Man Dog saying uh, uh, Tanahashi has looked at the numbers and they say it makes sense for him to have all of his titles. It is what it is. (laughs) Uh, King Potato talking about this match saying this match was gas. Uh, Yoda Suji should be NJPW champ this year. He should have been champ last year. Just saying. We never would have had this match. No, no, no. Hey, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. This match, which match was really, really good, but I'm good. Um, we have Angel in the chat. Thanks for joining us again. Saying GSJ uh gonna do another US run. Nah, he's too important to what they do in Japan and JPW. He's now he's now moved in. He really had uh you know cemented his spot as the number two guy in in New Japan Pro Wrestling last year with his TV title reign, and now with the number one guy in moving on to AEW and Will Osprey, ZSJ is should be number one. So he's already set up a program with one of the top stars of AEW, kind of a, a crossover type matchup. I don't know when they're gonna do that, but we gotta wait and see for that one. But I think that ZSJ is gonna be in a prominent position in new japan proper this year yeah i agree with that definitely agree with that bala b saying best arm drag since steamboat yeah there's like shades of steamboat here there's also shades of tadahashi in yuramura very pretty very pretty arm drags we got big man doug says i gave it 4.25 stars wow he says maybe even four and a half i thought this match was awesome i gotta give it an, another look but i really enjoyed it on the on my first watch of the matchup uh we got bala b says you had needed this uh glad he got it now he's inside mm-hmm. uh we also got big man dogs who says new japan is really experts at doing good shorter matches yeah this was one of the better paced shows for New Japan Pro Wrestling or Wrestle Kingdom shows in general. I thought these, I thought these couple of matches, the first three matches, were perfectly timed and were all all kind of hit what they needed to hit. Because they're they're good at they're good at in ring storytelling and they understand what what sense of urgency feels like. So not everything has to be a slow, drawn out, uh, plotting process where everybody's feeding half the goddamn time. Like no, we can take time and tell a fucking story and and build it to go to later. At the end of the day, shit. Sorry. <laughs> um, and just to mention, Dave Meltzer of the Wrestling Observer Newsletter gave both ZSJ versus Tata and Yuramora versus Suji four stars. Yeah, so nice. Nice, just nice. so everyone's aware of the Meltzer ratings as well that came out this morning. All right. Next up. Oh man. Oh, I, I even I even I, I legitimately, I won't even lie to y'all. I legitimately did not even upload the pictures for this matchup because I didn't even want to talk about it. Um, so I'm going to upload the pictures right now and we can talk about it very quickly. It was the fourth match on the card. House of Torture, Evil, and Ren Narita going one-on-one with Shoto, Shoto Aminu and Kaito Kiyomiya. Although my interest in this matchup was very low lower than anything else on this show there was some good things about this much of the match was kind of enjoyable uh amino looks like an absolute star even in a tag team setting like this and it just feels like i think even jay new said it during our matchup this was a match that should have probably been a singles match between yeah. Shoto Amino and Ren Narita. And we saw that at times when Amino was working. But we also got to see Kaito Kiyomiya, who's also very great. Love to see him. And this was on, I would say, the slightly the slightly better than average for House of Torture side. Which means a ceiling of 
two and three quarter stars. And that's what I gave this matchup. Ren Narita hits uh, uh, Shoto Amino with a big kind of like weight bell, a push-up bar. Then he hits uh, X-Factor. Yes, the Bella Buster to pick up the win. House of Torture standing tall. Hooray. They, this match he, went seven, just over seven minutes. I gave it two and three quarter stars. They They did exactly what I didn't want them to do. They clowned him out. They gave him a weapon, just like they did show. And then they gave him a no disrespect to X-Pac. None at the end of the day. A face buster? Really? For Red Narita? The Bella Buster. I, I've, I've Scott E said that on the Fightful review, and I've just been, yeah, I should call it the Bella Buster. It's the Bella oh Buster. God. It's not even the X Factor. It's the Bella Buster. I was expecting some sort of like a submission hold or something like that, or like uh, may, maybe some sort of a twist on a Northern Light suplex or something. I don't know, but a freaking Bella. But what what are we doing? What what are we doing, man? Like I understand Japanese sensibilities are different than American sensibilities. I get all that, but it's like, what was this? You did nothing for Ren. For me, they did nothing for Ren to read here. It was just it was just more like I I lost even more faith. What they were doing with it here. Anyways. Uh, You know, RPGs been saying also no multi-man tag on Wrestle Kingdom, thank God. Honestly, I felt like this match should have either been Narita versus Shooter or should have been a big multi-man matchup of House of Torture versus, like, the baby faces they've been feuding with. Give me give me Kaito. Give me someone from Noah. I was like, throw Great Muda. Great Muda done broke enough retirement. Have him come in. He'll team up with them. Uh, Rohe Uyoa, uh, Shoto Amino against House of Torture. That would have been better off. You saw the reaction that the Noah multi-man of no- Team Noah versus House of Torture got? It got a bigger reaction than this matchup. Yeah, I just, you know, it, it's, it, it is what it... I, I ain't got nothing. I got nothing. I got nothing. Angel saying it looked like they were building uh, a ZSJ versus Samoa Joe TV versus TV on ROH. Sad that didn't happen. I think we all were sad. Everyone that was watching ROH at that time Mm -hmm. and heard Zack Sabre Jr. refer to Samoa Joe as Samoan Joseph. That was it. That's all we needed. (laughs) That's all we needed. needed. And we were like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we want that matchup. Give me that match. Uh, we got Vala B saying Ren hit an X Factor. That's all I remember. It's a tough. It's a tough way to be, man. It's a tough way to be. Yes, yes. It's out the torture. Why do they keep doing this to us, J News? Please explain this to me. Ah, uh, I mean, you know, Vala B has a point. That, like I said, the Japanese crowd eats it up, right? It's it's their version of of heel heat. Um. I just, you know, I, I don't know. Everyone's everyone's sense of humor or sense of what I, is. I just wish evil. that he had an in ring like, style outside of cheating. I agree. I agree because it, it just feels overbooked half the time, which is tr- which 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 is really more or less the problem, right? It's not necessarily the characters; it's just how overbooked the matches are. So it's like, can we stop using the weapons at this point? Can we can we can we do something else? You know, it's just like I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. And it's it's almost like, you know, we start complaining about House of Torture and it's number one fan then appears backstage. Joining us now, all the way from the UK, our esteemed colleague, the third member of our New Japan team, it is Sanal. What's going on? 
I, I heard the in the atmosphere, I was like, they're talking about House of Torture. I need to protect them. And here I am. <laughs> here you are to protect House of Torture. Now protect them. Uh, defend this matchup with Ren, with Ren Narita and Evil versus Kaito Kiyomiya and Shoto Amino. The worst match on this show. Shall I say the highlight? Shoto Umino's entrance. You know? That was great. That was great with the with the motorcycle. <laughs> yeah. You've got to admit that the rest of it, I can't defend it. <laughs> I love Shota. I love Kaito Kiyomiya, but why? <laughs> I I much have rather them just do Shota Amino versus Kaito Kiyomiya. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. For the for like a spotlight match or something like that. Yeah, that would have worked. That would have worked. Just like yeah. like in the pre-show things, they could have been like, "We want a match at Wrestle Kingdom," and then Tanahashi comes with all of his wisdom and goes, "You want a match? Well, face each other." Just so bad. Uh, Volabi says, okay, I'll say it again. Stop pitching ideas for House of Torture. They work in Japan. They just work. Yeah, I get it. I get it. They're booed in Japan. That doesn't mean they work. Yeah. I actually, it's got to the point now. The booing is is past K, it's past K favorites, past the character. Japanese fans are generally just sick of these people. I do. Too. I think it is that too. It used to yeah. be that they were playing along when we first came back, and they can cheer again. It was refreshing of right, the house to of torture, the, yeah. the house of torture act, and hearing the boos to it. But now the boos have kind of ventured off into, like you said, and all. It really feels like they're fed up with it too. Like contrast to like Finley's booze. Finley's booze felt like yes, they were deserved. Like he beat Will. Like, well, this is this is later on, but you know what I mean. He beat Osprey. He beat Moxley. Like people hated that. But House of Torture just feels like why? Why are they inserting themselves everywhere? Why are they? Can they just not do a Ujiro and just stay on the Rambo? That would have been nice to have all of them yeah. in the Rambo, get them out the way real fast and easy. Oh, that would have been great. You could have uh, had like Kaito Kiyomiya and Shota versus like House of Torture. I don't know, like Jeff Cobb and um Hanare. Could have been that. Could have yeah. been that would have worked. Uh we got a Vactic World that says, I don't think the Japanese fans like this match. Yeah, it does doesn't seem like it. It didn't feel that way. It didn't feel that way, but it is what it is. Not you uh, know it's bad when not even the future Tanahashi could do anything. <laughs> we got Bala B says those uh, crowds eat that uh, House of Torture shit. They always get a reaction. I don't like it. I'm not the target audience for it, but it works for the people there. More to be said after the, the main event. Uh, yeah, I mean, because they, they use them in those spots. Anyone would get booed in the spot that they used them in the main event. To be fair, you could have probably had like, um, I'm trying to think of like, you could have, if Osprey had done it, they yeah. he, Osprey would have got heat for it. It didn't right. matter who had done that spot. I guess it just made sense because of like Evil Sonata Naito. Yeah, yeah, it, it made yeah. sense with that story. Even though I'd much rather have had Kenta and Chase Owens. Yeah, like you know, <laughs> Kenta, they would have done Kenta for like the second time. Imagine that. That would have been great. I would have been a great callback. Oh, man. A missed opportunity. Uh, we do have a Super Chat donation from our good friend, Will Chisholm. Thank you so much, Will. Always supporting us. He says, what world does a Bella Buster beat anybody, New Japan Pro Wrestling? Yes, the Bella Buster. We're not calling that the X Factor. Ren Narita cannot do the X Factor. He can only do the Bella Buster. 
like Back any like oh. no good but any like effectiveness just to push narita for what he is they should have given him like a submission finisher or something like that like just doesn't work the the bell of oh god that that takes you back doesn't it i love it i love it so much uh we got bala b happy to see sanal is finally here we also got a uh, big man dog saying you can't have too much go away heat it's like salt <laughs> yes yeah. yeah oh my god this might be the best comparison that i have seen for evil evil is legit kevin sullivan dungeon of doom leader of new japan pro wrestling he is that big man dogs you you might have topped some of your great comments previously. That might be your best comparison. Oh my God, you lived wow. through that J News. You remember I did, those days? I did live through that. I uh, I remember the Taskmaster. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Naito over here being Hogan right now, man. Can't get away from these guys. All right, so like I said, a lot of good matches, even some great stuff for eight minutes like Tanahashi and ZSJ, but this felt like the first genuine great Tokyo Dome matchup next as we had the Never Openweight Championship up for grabs as Shingo Takagi defending against Tamatanga, and immediately we started off like all Never Openweight Championship matches to Sean Arthur. Shoulder blocks right from the start, testing each other's footing. We get Tama is the first to strike, landing a big drop kick. Uh, we get a pair of suplex, putting Shingo on the back foot. Shingo's fired back with a shoulder block, a slam, a, even a freaking Tope Con Halo from Shingo Takagi in this one. We get Tama with a big net breaker to reset things. Then we get a strike exchange. Shingo fights uh, into the corner. Landing a big superplex to re-cement his lead. Sliding Lariat gets him a two count. Tama answers back with the Tama twist a moments later. Then we get the Supreme Flow for a great near fall. Shingo uh, stuffs the uh, the gun stun, leading to a back and forth between a back and forth exchange between the two men. Shingo wins that out, landing a big power bomb, and that turning into another near fall. Shingo hits the big pumping bomber before attempting the made in Japan. But Tama is able to reverse that into a gun stun. Tama drops Shingo with the bloody Sunday, but Shingo kicks out at one. Tama follows up with the lariat before attempting uh, the DD. DDSD, but Shingo escapes. He ate. He eats a big forearm. Tama attempts another stun gun, another gun stun, but Shingo hits one of his own. He then hits the pumping bomber and a made in Japan for a great near fall. Shingo unloads on Tama, dropping him with some strikes before attempting another last of the dragon. But Tama frees himself up, hits a a Styles Clash. He then tries for another gun stun, hits it. Shingo kicks out. And then finally, he picks him up. He is the OST, the DSD, one, two, three. Tama Tonga is a four-time never open weight champion in an absolute great match. I gave it four and a quarter stars. This felt like the never open weight matches that we have come to expect from New Japan Pro Wrestling at Wrestle Kingdom, living up to the moniker, and arguably, in my opinion, the best singles match I've seen Tama Tonga in, and a example of why Shingo Takagi deserves better in 2024 because this man loses and our new champion then goes backstage and says he's leaving the company yes Tama Tonga announced in his post 
show press conference or post-match press conference that he has decided that this is his final month in New Japan Pro Wrestling, and he is going to be leaving the promotion to go back to the United States and be closer to his family. But Sanal, what did you think about Tama Tonga versus Shingo Takagi first before we talk about Tama leaving? First thing, F you haters, you know, going into this show, everyone was like, we don't need to see Shingo and Tama again. Oh, don't want to see Shingo and Tama again. And like two minutes into the match, I was on social media and everyone was like, oh, I feel bad. I shouldn't have said that. I shouldn't have said that. In what world do you ever doubt, like, Tama himself is good, but in what world do you ever doubt that Shingo Takagi will not put on a banger, especially at Wrestle Kingdom? Like, shame on all of you if you ever thought that. Um, I did, I did, because I saw 27 minutes of them, Sanal, so I was good. I was good. I was tapped out. I was like, yep, I'm good. I'm good. So, so, so at the end of the day, I'll, uh, I'll chime in here as well. I sat here and I said the same thing, you know? I spewed that hate, not because Shingo was in the match, but because we got 27 minutes the last time. Then we had that other match the first time. And I said to myself, why do we need the third one? And now Tama wins the belt. SP3 just informed me that he had a backstage comment, comment saying that he's going to leave the company. Now, as per it was said earlier in the chat somewhere, Tanahashi made some choice, some choices here. <laughs> During during <laughs> during Wrestle Kingdom, so he made some choices. Uh, the match was a banger. Uh, I was surprised that it was such a banger at the end of the day because of the fact that this was the third one, and I didn't know if the crowd was going to be into it or if I was going to be into it or not. And I got into it, so it was cool. Shingo did his thing. Tama did his thing. When Tama broke out the Styles Clash, I flipped my shit. <laughs> so I said to myself. It's the ode to all the bullet. Like in my head, I said to myself, "Why is he doing an ode to all the bullet club leaders? Like, where's he? Like, it, subconsciously, I was like, is he going somewhere? And I was mm-hmm. like, or and then SP3 just said, yeah. and I was like, oh no. All the odes to the old bullet club. Wherever Tama goes next, please get rid of the gunstone for any attempt of like a finisher because I just think it's been overplayed. It. Don't need to see it in the next stage of your career, Tama. You're too talented to keep using that god. And the thing is, how effective has it been in his past single matches? Non-existent. So we don't need Not it very. anymore. Not very. It was it was effective for him in the G1, but the DSD is kind of like his go-to main finisher. It's like, yes. it's like the gunstone has become his pumping bomber. You don't, so yeah. but he uses that like he attempts it like 10 times in a match. Yeah, don't yeah. need it. Attempt it twice, maybe. Don't like Shingo doesn't do a puppy bomber like ten times. He he attempts it like like how people describe Kenny Omega t- attempting the V trigger. The, people people always over exaggerate the amount of times Kenny Omega hits a V trigger, but it's but Tama goes for the gun stun as many times as people think Kenny Omega goes for the V trigger. So and within like the first few minutes, he's like. Gotta try and finish it with a gunstun. Like, mate, you're not gonna end Shingo Takagi in two minutes with a gunstun. You know what's gonna happen? Because because Vala B just said something down here. He said he can't do the particular finishes in the Fed or the DSD. You know what they're gonna do to Thomas, huh? He's gonna be out there, they're gonna put him in the tiger stripes, and they're gonna <laughs> have him hit that supreme flow. 
and they're gonna have him be another version of Jimmy Snooker, brother. And that's what I'm saying right now. No, I'm fucking with you. I'm fucking with you. Tom will go for that. But at the end of the day, brother, brother. If, if Vince McMahon was if Vince McMahon was still in charge, you know that's exactly what they would do to him. Anyways, yeah. but at this point, I feel like he's just going to be a AJ's gonna need new friends from, from what we've seen on a, on, on WWE TV. Who better than his former running mate in Tamatanga? Oh, please, dear God, do not ruin Tamatanga's. <laughs> do, do not make do not ruin Tamatanga and WWE by pairing him with AJ Styles because that's the death nail for Bullet Club, Bullet Club, former Bullet Club member. You just, I mean, it's not a death nail. It's just a, a, a nail to stay at home and collect the check, which the Good Brothers are perfectly fine with. I'm, that's exactly, yeah, that's that's what it is. But anyways, look, to the the match was dope. It was good. I didn't. I had no idea that Tama was leaving. I just found out at the end of the day. So this kind of goes. This this kind of makes the match kind of null and void, which is whack. Um. <laughs> so, uh, I somebody said it in the chat. I hope he doesn't lose the evil. Like that would be like the most horrendous. Oh thing my ever. god! He, yes. he's so losing to evil. He is so losing to evil. Like when I saw him in that matchup, and I saw the House of Torture was the opponents. I was like. Oh no, are they going to set up evil as but a SP3? SP3. We've said this, we said this on social media. Tama is taking one for the team. He is sacrificing himself because otherwise, 10 out of 10, we would have had evil coming out after Naito. That is true. That is fair. That is fair. Like, that, yeah. what we get. Yeah, you see, Sanal, you, you always know how to make me look at the glass being half. <laughs> Uh, we got another super chat donation from our good friend, Will Chisholm. Thank you, as always, Will, always supporting us in what we do here. He says, would old school NJPW let someone win a title and they know they are leaving the company? SP3, he's coming home. I'm sorry, SP3, I had to say it. Yes, you, Will Chisholm, and Romeo have been out overstaying it's welcome with that uh, he's coming home uh catchphrase for every single free agent report or someone leaving a company that you guys hear <laughs> christ i enjoy uh, the commitment though i enjoy the commitment uh, to the would people. old school I, at the end of the day they really from from a from a generational standpoint they they did it, it was very few and far in between when the, when guy jeans held titles and stuff. So when they when they did hold titles, they weren't necessarily going anywhere. They were still free agents. They weren't signing anywhere. Things of that nature, or whatever. But you know, there was a respect factor there. So if guys were leaving, they would let them know ahead of time. So in this case, <laughs> I guess they didn't know. <laughs> so you know. I almost think like if Tama wanted to say something, he maybe should have waited. Let like don't literally do it straight up because literally you had the match and then like was it like five minutes after then that's when the news came out he was leaving I was like yeah you could wait like a week or so let us like enjoy the match like be like you could have oh. said this like after you lost to evil <laughs> like after oh, you yeah, lost to evil you, you I would have been evil, okay like, bye. yeah yeah that would have that would have been fine but don't tell us you're leaving and then set up a a, a, a program with evil. But that's, that's like a, a double. Like, that's a double slap in the face for fans. But it's a bit almost like it's different, but it's a bit similar to the Osprey thing, of like he got this title and then obviously Wrestle Kingdom build up and then it's like oh, but he's going to AW and everyone's like, well, they're not. That's but not but but the difference is, 
Osprey was still able to have a fantastic match. Right. We and know we're not going to we, we know we're not going to get that with Tama and yeah. Like we already know we're not like you. You don't have the solace of saying, "Yeah, I know Osprey's not going to win this, but the match is going to be great." You don't have that with Evil and Tama. You, you just know it's going to be a bad time to watch, and it's going to be a bad result. Well, have they, have they confirmed when this is? Because you know, I might have probably, to skip that. Have to skip probably, that. Probably new beginning. Yet. New beginning, if anything, they'll probably announce it tomorrow. New. The it new is right. What I also think, though, is if they were going to do something with the Bullet Club angle. Like, have somebody that, like, Tama worked, like, Kenta, Chase Owens, I know, like, you know, one of the ones that was really close with Tama in Bullet Club, to make it more thing. Evil, I'm just like... Because that's the first person he beat for the Never Openweight Championship, so he's going to drop the title to Evil the person he first, he first beat for the title. From Rocky to show, I would have much rather show, you know? Well, next up, we got we got a our first surprise of the show as the former Dolph Ziggler, Nick uh, Nemeth, alongside AEW's Ryan Nemeth, walked over to the VIP section while cameras was on him, seemingly to watch the upcoming IWGP NJPW Openweight Tag Team Championship matchup. But before we get into that, Sanal, what was your reaction of seeing the Nemeth brothers show up at Wrestle Kingdom? If anyone follows me on social media, you would have seen I lost my shit. So I have not watched WWE for about five years, five, six years, let's say. However, when I did start, one of the first wrestlers that I was drawn to was Dolph Ziggler. Hell, I couldn't attend one of the WWE shows in Manchester. But I made my mum go to the venue and I picked up a Dolph Ziggler shirt, which I still own to this day. So you can imagine, albeit I don't know what he's been doing the past six years. I don't know what's going on in his personal life. And like, I think some people were like, eh, so I don't know what he's been doing. But all I can tell you is that when one of your first favourite wrestlers is now in your new, in your biggest love, like wrestling company, it's, it's impossible not to lose your shit. I literally was like, I mean, sorry to his brother, I just didn't see the point of that. But when I saw Dolph Ziggler, aka Nick Nemeth, I lost my shit. And I will still need about seven working days to process it all. Yeah, I, I, I still need like seven seven to ten business days to stop calling him Dolph Ziggler and finally call him <laughs> Nick Nemeth and not Ryan Nemeth. I've been getting that confused all week. Um, <laughs> Jay News, what was your reaction to seeing the former Dolph Ziggler in NJPW? Uh, interesting, to say the least. That's one of my favorite words in my vocabulary is interesting because it can be used for anything a lot at the end of the day. Um, I thought it was interesting. I thought that you know, um, him coming out with his brother was more of a sign of them being a tag team, but then that didn't go according to plan. I feel like they called the audible right then and there. I know. I think, I think I think that they they double dipped. Okay. I think they teased his first two programs here. There, that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. That definitely makes sense. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Um, the David Finley thing. Obviously, we'll be talking about this match in a minute. Um, you know. 
No, no, we're just talking. We're just talking about Nick Nemeth arriving so, so, at New Japan. It was cool. We're not talking about cool. anything he did. It was, it, was, it was cool. It was cool. I thought it was cool. I thought that that the promos he had later on in the in, in the night were cool. Uh, you know, he's we're, talking, we're gonna Nick- talk about all that. I'm just getting your reaction to Nick Nemeth arriving. We got a couple of comments in the chat here. We got a uh, big man dog says it's still gonna be uh good, but imagine if Dolph went to New Japan in 2016. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, with Jay saying my prediction Nemeth is gonna be known as the 2024 comeback wrestler of the year. I think my thing is so, like Dolph Ziggler, Nick Nemeth was amazing in WWE, but it's gonna be interesting to see his transition to New Japan because it's all found well, like working one style, and he has been WWE, I guess, basically his whole career 20 years. 20 years, 20 years. he debuted 20 in years. WWE in 2005. So for me, as great as he is, can he now move that? So like even talking about Jane used his promo, and I know we'll talk about for me, he still has the aura of a WWE wrestler. And whether it's gonna fit perfectly and whether the crowds are gonna draw to him similarly how they've done with other wrestlers, I'll have to think about it. Because yeah, he's an amazing wrestler, but I've only ever seen him do WWE. So it'll be interesting to see if he can adapt. His style and like who he is. We shall see, but they were here to watch the winner-take-all title versus title matchup. IWGP Tag Team Champions Bishamon, Hiroki Goto, and Yoshihashi versus the NJPW Strong Openweight Tag Team Champions, the Gorillas of Destiny, El Fantasmo, and Hikaleo. Bishamon got an early advantage in this one uh, by double-teaming ELP. They attempted to do the same to Hikaleo, but the size was just too much for them. GLD established control by using double-team moves of their own suplex uh, to ELP allowed Bishamon to fight back into this one. We get Arana from the top rope that sent both members of Bishamon to the floor. Hikaleu uh, furthered this lead for quite some time. A miss from ELP allowed uh, Bishamon another opportunity to gain control. Uh, this one just kept going back and forth. Bishamon looked like they were going to put things away, hitting their big double team moves. We get the Shoto for a near fall before Hikaleu breaks it up. We then uh, get a super a super thunder kiss onto Goto, and he kicks out of that one. Then ELP just goes into overdrive. He takes out uh, Yoshihashi with a tope on the floor. He then hits a CR3, a CR2 power driver, CR3, to take out Goto. Uh, Hikaleo climbs to the top, hits a damn splash off the top rope, and the Gorillas of Destiny are your new... NJPW Strong Openweight Champion, well, still NJPW Strong Openweight Tag Team Champions, as well as new IWGP Tag Team Champions, finally defeating Bishamon here to win all the gold. I gave this match three and a half stars. Sanal, what did you think? I think we all knew that after their banger of the World Tag League, this would never have been at that level. You know what I mean? And, like, and see, this is the difference between Tamatanga and Shigo Takagi in this match. They these two guys had two matches in like a couple of weeks, and the second match was 40 minutes. And I was still like, oh, I'm down for another round at Wrestle Kingdom. But I got 20 minutes of Tamatanga and Shingo Takagi the first time, 27 minutes the second time. <laughs> I was like, I'm good. 
I'm good. But these guys, they showed out in that 40-minute match, so I was okay with this match being here. I think, and the thing is, and I keep saying this, and we won't know because we've obviously spoken to them both, like, ahead of the match, how much they've improved throughout those. So I remember when I spoke to Hikaleo and he was like, he has changed so much working with ELP. And he said, oh, there are things I want to bring out in this match that didn't work the first time. And that's yeah. similar, you know, like the top rope things. And that's what I love is that while we all know Bishamon is amazing, and I think, thank God, I think New Japan made the right decision putting it on ELP and Hikaleo. But the main thing is we are seeing them grow and seeing that they are taking this tag team very seriously. Like something simple as in the post-match comments when ELP was like, I'm a better tag wrestler than a singles wrestler. Which again, I don't think is true because ELP is a phenomenal singles wrestler, so he shouldn't put himself down like that. But to have two singles guys who nobody really expected would work together, to have them continue to grow and showing their journey as a tag team, and also like the personal journeys they're both going on, that's what I personally, that's what has me invested in, like you said, compared to Shingo and Tama, why I was fine having a third match literally within like less than a month, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, three matches in a month. That's what they had. And this was a this was a, a good one, not as good as their world tag league matchup, which was one of the best tag team matches of 2023, but definitely a good matchup on this show. Jay News, what did you think? So much to what the both of you were saying, I didn't expect them to live up to the last banger that they had here. Um, but it was a decent exchange. I was not expecting ELP and Hikuleo to win this match, to be quite honest. I thought they were going to continue on the Bishimon run, um, not necessarily knowing as to where the where the tag team division is, is right now outside of those two tag teams. Um, so I just expected them to, to, to retain. But, you know, with ELP and, and, and Hikuleo uh, being unified champs, I think it's a different uh, – it, it gives them a different feel. Uh, hopefully uh, different things are set out for the future for those guys at the end of the day, and we'll see what teams uh, begin to challenge them. Hopefully they don't enter into some sort of a feud with House of Torture. Yes, I'm going to continue to bring that up. Well, they're, 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 they're bracing the B team of the Bullet Club and Chase Owens and Kenta first. Oh, you know, they got, they got to, they, you know, they got to get their feet wet. You know what I'm saying? But, but, <laughs> that one, that one makes sense because Kenta is really, is one ELP. of the people that turned on ELP. Right, know? right, 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 right. But can, the thing is, is that there was nobody else for Kenta to team with. It should have been Kenta and Taiji. That made more sense because those are the two that really turned but on. But it's the junior ELP. thing, isn't it? Yeah, I don't care. <laughs> it's the never. It's the never open. It's also the NJPW strong open so, weight. So, so that would have made sense actually if they yeah. maybe said, "Okay, we challenge." You know what? Thinking, Gato, why don't you just do this? Someone <laughs> just hire the three of us. We will sort everything out for you, Gato. We're okay, here, because Kenta and Taiji Shimari facing, because also ELP for me is still like on that junior cusp. Do you know I what I mean? I count, I, as, I count him as more like open weight than a full mm -hmm. heavyweight. Sure. Yeah. I'm saying with Ishimori, I'd say like he could easily go on the cusp of heavyweight too. So, yeah. Oh, should have had that. Now you got me excited that we should have had that instead. Also, I don't want to see another Kenta match. I mean, it's been months of Askel. I don't think he's probably have improved that much. I don't. I don't want to see another Chase Owens match, and I, I've interviewed so Chase. Owens. I'm, cool, I'm, cool, I'm cool with Chase. I'm cool with Chase, but I don't need to see him in tag team title match. Um, yeah. but yeah, 
IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship was up for grabs next as Hiromu Takahashi defended against El Desperado, the two rivals going at it here. And this match started off fast as we get uh we get a big dive by desperado onto hiromu who had a nice the nice all over the top jacket as always for wrestle kingdom back in the ring the two were trading uh traded moves until a drop kick sent desperado from the floor into a barricade hiromu now with the lead drove desperado into the corner desperado retook the lead using a stretch muffler to focus on hiromu's leg uh once hiromu escaped that desperado continued the focus on that limb in an attempt to damage the lake further. Desperado leaped towards Hiromu, but Hiromu sidestepped the attack. Hiromu gained some footing, but Desperado caught him in the stretch muffler once again, just really wrenching on that knee. Uh, Hiromu powers out into a, a goddamn destroyer out of nowhere. Hiromu then followed up with a time bomb for a, for a two count. He then tried for the time bomb too, but he failed, forcing Desperado into the corner instead. On the top rope, Hiromu attempted to fling Desperado, but was caught. Desperado, now in control, slammed from the top to the mat. Uh, Hiromu tried to power up, but Desperado hammered him down with some strikes to keep him grounded. Hiromu dodged a big punch by Despi and landed a big lariat to regain control, but Desperado fired back, hitting the big punch, then landing the pinche loco for a near fall. Desperado attempted the pinche loco again, but Hiromu got the unnamed Hiromu roll for a near fall. Desperado kicked out, landed another pinche loco. He hits a power driver pinche loco, then another pinche loco. One, two, three. El Desperado once again becomes the IWGP junior heavyweight champion. And more importantly, he is now 2-0 against Hiromu Takahashi in the Tokyo Dome with the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship up for grabs. I gave this match four stars. These guys have uh, tremendous chemistry together. This was an excellent matchup, a straight-up banger here. And then after the match, during the post-match uh, press conference, post-match comments, Desperado was first approached by his former tag team partner in the Super Junior Tag League, Master Wado, who suggested them possibly facing each other for the title. But then it was Uncle Nobu and House of Torture oh, show wow. backing Despi, Despi Wato laying them out and Nobu staking his claim for a shot at the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship. Why, why a house of torture in everyone's business? House of torture was everywhere. <laughs> Jay News, what did you think about Hiromu and Despi? I'm with Valabi. It needed more time. I, 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 I there, there, there was something about the first, the first set of matches that was like, why are we getting more time on a five-hour show? Like, I don't understand. I don't understand. <laughs> I was like, Man, uh, you, you said it cut things short. It still was five hours. Yeah, exactly. And I was like, you were, you're cutting all these other matches short. Do we still get a five hour show? I don't understand. I, I don't get it. I don't get it. But anyways, um, that twenty, that whatever, that 15, 20 minutes that they give people to rest between the Rambo and and, and everything else should have been added to the rest of the matches on the card. Forget all that crap. At the end of the day, we don't need an intermission. Um, but yeah, no, the match was dope. They got they have incredible chemistry. It's Despi, it's Hiromu, uh, the best, the best juniors in 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 of their generation right now. Uh, so it's like what 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 they can't necessarily say anything bad. All I have to say is this: Uncle Nobu going after a championship at the at the crisp age of 47 
to me is something that that just I don't even know what to say because the man can still go. Um, and they no, need, no, and they, he can still go, but can he still go under the Bullet Club, or will he just bring out Dick Togo show? Yeah. And- I mean, I mean, it's House of Torture stuff, Sonal. So we're gonna see the gang mentality. We're gonna see the Satori surprise. I hear you. I, I and I'm with you there, but it, but it, it, that's what we're gonna get at the end of the day. And so you know, this should be a blood feud because Nobu turned on him, but it's not gonna be that. It's just gonna be more clownery, more fuckery, and and just more stuff. House of torture stuff. House of torture stuff. Oh joy. <laughs> uh, so now Hiromu and Despi, what did you think? Yeah, I felt like it wasn't one of the best out of the matches they've had, mm-hmm. and I feel like yeah. Uh, Genius is right. It could have done with more time. Like Genius was literally right. They all the matches were so short, but how was the show still so long? Yeah. Like even the main event went like twenty five minutes, and I'm thinking, right? As Genius said, could have cut out the gap there. Could have got rid of you know Shota Umino match because Shota's entrance probably took up like half a match (laughs) on his motorbike. (laughs) <laughs> like i can't even doubt like despi and hiromu were two of the best they put on an amazing match and um, i just feel that without the time and also it was very low on the card but like i, mean, I, I, mean, I, I understand like, though i i would say all the matches that came after this were bigger matches and this this honestly like i said i gave um god and bishamon three and a half stars. I gave this match four stars. This starts a run of every other matchup on this card is, is four stars or more. Yeah, I just feel like it just, considering I think this might be like the closing chapter, I feel like it just needed more time to, and a bit more yeah, crazy yeah. antics. Yeah, 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 yeah. This, yeah, was, yeah. this was 14 minutes, 21 seconds. I would have I would have liked That's, like 18 no. minutes. 18 yeah, minutes. like I certain junior wrestlers, I think 14 minutes would have worked, but Despi is not a very fast, speedy guy, and right. Hiromu also can work a slow. So, for example, if you had like two of the guys who sold, I don't think they actually have anyone in the junior division at the moment, but you know, a junior who is literally just speed, 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 then that 14 minutes could have worked. But with someone like Despi, who works a real power base, ground base, mm-hmm. and similar with Hiromu, it needed longer, I think, even like 20 minutes would have been fine but what they got given not enough but still not down it's still an amazing match uh yeah, was amazing yeah you you basically really just have to cut the house of torture matchup the, yeah. to get the, to get the time you guys are all looking for because every other matchup you can't afford to take any oh, yeah, time you from, it because right. it, either, it either feels like every other match was either cut short on time or had the perfect amount of time we shall see. Uh, Jay News, you have time for the next matchup? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I should be good for the next one. All right. IWGP Global Heavyweight Champion, the inaugural champion, was decided in a three-way matchup. And can I just emphasize to the both of you, to everyone watching, I love the story of this matchup because the story of this matchup was laid out in the angle that set this matchup up. This matchup was always supposed to be John Moxley versus Will Ospreay. It was it was it was supposed to be that from the beginning. David Finley is nothing more than an inconvenience to that happening and that's how he was treated in this matchup. 
we get the ceasefire early on where Osprey and uh, Moxley work together to basically bum rush uh, Finley. They're beating them down. They set up a table on the outside and they actually drive them through the table so they can deal with each other. And we get some greatness with uh, Osprey and Moxley going at it. Until, of course, David Finley reinserts himself into the matchup. Uh, he attacks Osprey. He runs uh, Moxley into a uh, ring post, busting him open. Moxley with a great crimson mask. But Finley almost fucks all that shit up and nearly pissed me off on the watch along when he wiped off Moxley's great crimson mask. I was like, that is not what you learn in, in the dojo. What are you doing? Once Osprey re-entered the matchup, he took out uh, both men. Finley was thrown to the outside and dropped with the tope from Moxley. Uh, we get Osprey then takes out both men again with a dive of his own, a, a big moonsault dive off the top rope. Back into the ring, we get Mo uh, Moxley. I mean, we get Osprey who leaps towards Moxley, but Moxley catches him with a big forearm, and then he follows up with the Death Rider for a near fall. Uh, Moxley then transitions into the bulldog choke, but once Mo once Osprey was free, Finley hits the ring, only to hit a power, only to be a uh, eat a power driver into uh, uh, Osprey, which I love. Moxley power driving Finley into into Osprey's chest. And then we get Moxley who exits the ring to grab some chairs. He uh, set, set up the chairs and then uh, basically does a big uh, a big X-plex where Finley lands back first onto the edges of the chairs. Finley then hits Osprey with a big dominator onto Moxley. Finley then hit Osprey with a backbreaker, but Moxley responds with a kick uh, with a quick knee. Moxley turns his attention to Osprey, who he hits another Death Rider. Osprey hit ate the move, but Osprey eats the move, gets up, hits the hidden blade in a callback to his matchup against Shoto Aminu at Power Struggle. At this point, we get a strike exchange between Moxley and Osprey, where Finley basically inserts himself, hitting both men who seem more annoyed than wanting to hit him back. Like you're getting in the way of the actual match. What are you doing here? And then he has to spit at them for them to finally hit him and just pelt him. Then this leads to Gabe Kid and Alex Coglin getting out, which kind of dragged this uh this portion of the matchup. And it's probably my only nitpick of the matchup because it wasn't really needed. Although we did get the crazy dive where Moxley and Osprey takes up both Coglin and Kid, they set them up on tables, and Osprey does a big swanton bomb, and we get the sequel of Kenny Omega bashing Osprey's head into a table and then sticking his head through the table and saying hello as we get Coglin's ass through a table and he just sits there. Great stuff. Great visual there. We get uh, Moxley back into the ring. He hits uh, he hits Finley with the Death Rider. He then uh, goes for the Death Rider on on Osprey, but he reverses and he winds up. Uh, uh, Moxley winds up eating some hidden blades. One hidden blade he gets up, but then Osprey hits him with a running hidden blade. He then picks up Moxley and hits a Stormbreaker, but Finley stops the stops the pin. He hits the Into Oblivion, a curb stomp, and then a new variant of Into the Oblivion, which is basically like a suplex into a go to sleep. One, two, three, David Finley is the new IWGP Global Heavyweight Champion. 22 minutes, 17 seconds this match went, and it was absolutely phenomenal. 
Some of these sequences were breathtaking, were thrilling. Moxley and Osprey just have amazing chemistry together. We saw it last year at Windy City Riot, but it really got amplified in this matchup, which made the story of the matchup of Finley being an inconvenience and then coming in at the end and kind of sneaking the win, but really doing it in a way that made him look like he won, like he beat both guys instead of sneaking and getting the pinfall like a usual heel was. They did a great job of cementing Finley as a top heel in New Japan with this win. And then he immediately starts a big program as he gets into the face of the former Dolph Ziggler, uh, Nick Nemeth. They get into a brawl with one another where referees and security have to separate the two. David Finley thinks he's going to be perfectly fine just talking at the post-media post post, uh, post media scrum with the, with the media. And then Dolph Ziggler runs up on homie like he's the guy getting charged in the courtroom, jumping at the judge, runs and jumps Finley, beating him down, and then cuts an impassioned promo talking about the importance of championship titles, the importance of the global heavyweight championship, and why he wants to face Finley for that title. Jay News, lots to unwrap here. What did you think about the three-way matchup, and what did you think about Finley and Nemeth going at it in the post-match? I thought that the matchup itself was great. I, I gave um, it four and three quarter stars, by the way. I, th I thought it was a great matchup. It gave, it finally gave David Finley credence as a heel to me. This is my personal opinion. Um, they used all the good portions of the match to make sure that he annoyed and yet took advantage when he had to. And him coming out with the win after said one finisher was hit to then hit his finisher on the guy that you know he can't beat <laughs> it makes makes all the sense in the world so that made him to, to to what sp3 said look like a viable heel here in new japan pro wrestling um i called this two months ago when the what or a month and a half ago when this match uh was announced that he was winning this belt even though i didn't want him to yeah. right but at the end of the day he won will's on his way out uh, Mox and Mox is in AEW, so it, it makes all the sense in the world. David Finley sticking around in New Japan, he does, he you know, um, hopefully bigger and better things for him going forward. This global championship is a big deal, um, I think. So, you pretty know, title, beautiful, title. It's a, yeah, 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 beautiful title. Um, and which is surprising after what they've had in the past, yes, very, 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 very good points, very good point. But uh, Finley needs to do something with this title and do something with his character now uh, that we haven't seen since he became the leader of the Bullet Club. So uh, that's all I have to say about that fantastic match. Can't wait to see more from Mox and Will Ospreay. And uh, I, hold, I hold 2024 as a year of growth for David Finley. So we shall see what will happen. Hey, they've, they've put him on a big platform, picking up a big win against two of AEW's top stars, two of the best wrestlers in the world, setting up a big matchup with a former WWE champion. That's what I call kind of putting them. This is a better start to the year mm -hmm. than he had last year Absolutely. Uh, when he was playing Absolutely. cosplay Bullet Club leader. Mm -hmm. um, but like I said, four and three quarter stars. This was a near perfect matchup, in my opinion. Sanal, what did you think? Yeah, I mean, definitely the best showing Finley's had as a Bullet Club leader. Though, when they posted the pictures of Finley with Dolph, at the end from the side, it did look like Jay White. I'm not going to lie. 
but <laughs> saying but um yeah i feel like this is the first time that we've seen finley like take on a style of bullet club that like works do you know what i mean like he the start was great how they had osprey and moxley working together against him i personally didn't mind the coglin and gabe kid spot like i thought it worked because obviously it was a no dq and i think like if you're gonna have shenanigans i'd rather have that than like dick togo coming out or something like that yeah, so that's true so I, I with bullet club i always have to see i look at at least it's not house of torture but um I think that the Finley Dolph thing would be really interesting because it was like the post-match comments where Dolph was talking about how he'd like sat and spoke with Fit Finley and they were speaking about Finley and now he's wrestling and it's like I like when stories like that happen. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. it just shows that you know wrestling is a smaller world than you think. Do you know what I mean? And the fact that yeah, Finley was probably only dreaming of a wrestling career when Dolph started in WWE. Right. Now, fast forward to 2024, and he is facing the son of one of the legends that was in WWE. Do you know what I mean? It's it's yeah. nice. I think you're right. It's, it seems like New Japan are really pushing Finley and giving him something with having Dolph as his first. Nick Nemeth, sorry. It'll take a while. It's going to take Nick a while. Nemeth, Don't worry. Having Nick Nemeth as his first opponent. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a big deal having nick as his first opponent i think it's a big deal that he won a match where he technically beat the best wrestler in the world in will osprey and another one of the best in john moxley so you know uh it, it makes all the sense in the world and 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 giving and being able to give nick that spotlight post-match i thought was a, was a cool thing because automatically now he's important automatically he's important so you know he didn't start from the he didn't have to start from the bottom up uh because that probably would have been a complaint across the internet <laughs> that's what happened so uh, that's that's there and um you know the bullet club war dog spot i'm with sp3 on this one i think it wasn't necessary here because they they do so much between gato and the shillelagh and everything else in between i didn't feel like the the, the war dogs were necessary in this match but will caving coglin into the table was pretty cool that, that was fun that, that, that was <laughs> on social media i am a table that alone, you should be happy that that happened because that was hilarious. <laughs> That's the only reason. That's the only reason that it was it was forgettable. But like I said, it was a nitpick to the matchup. It stopped them from being a perfect match, in my opinion. But also a, ni a nice little uh, uh like little factoid <laughs> here. Uh, Scott E. Wrestling from over at Fightfold let me know that the last televised championship matchup for Dave Fit Finley was against who? Dolph oh. Ziggler. I love that. See, that is, that is what I love. That is what I love. That is that is pretty cool. That is pretty cool. That's Jay cool. News, I know you got to run. Let the people know where they can follow you on social media and when they will see you again. Maybe they'll see you Monday for our Battle in the Valley preview. Yeah, that's oh, uh, hmm. or sometime yeah. next week for battle. Sometime next week, y'all see me sometime next week. I gotta, I gotta bounce. Uh, but uh, thank you to everybody for always watching and listening and 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 integrating yourselves here. True Heel Heat, y'all can find me on the internets. Uh, I'm on X, that's at John LYFNMG. Uh, I am on the Instagrams, you can follow the same, same handle and stuff like that or whatever. 
uh, uh, catching up on my movie pods and things of that nature. So you'll see some new uh, some new reviews go up this week. Uh, Iron Claw and uh, the Boy and the Heron will be coming up this week. So those will be uh, the the new podcast there. Uh, just so I can put this here before I leave, Sanal, I read your uh, your a couple of your tweets about Sonata and the main event. I was so emotional. And, <laughs> I was so emotional. <laughs> and I must say, the emotions that come from Sanal are the emotions we wish Sonata had. That is all I have to say about that. That was great. That was great. <laughs> so, and I love Sonata. I love Sonata. I love Sonata. The tears coming from his eyes when he walked away up that rapway to me was it, it was everything. And this this I, I just think they did a bad job telling the whole selfless story throughout the build. I think that's what it was. Because by the end of the match, we got that. We understood I it then. I just, I, I, feel, I feel like... It was the fans and, like, Chris Charlton that was really pushing it. Like, I feel like, like you said, New Japan could have built the narrative, but instead it was up to people like... The commentary. And, like, people on social media hosting it, which is a shame. Yeah, it was... Yeah. It, I, I, but to, 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 before I bounce, I thought the match was good. Main event, that is. Naito, Sonata, it did what it had to do. Uh, Naito finished the story. A plus for me. Um, and the save. The roll call didn't happen, but the Sonata save for Naito meant everything. So that, that to me was, was, was a moment that was necessary and needed. So that was cool. I enjoyed it all. Um, and it was to me, Sonata's best match as champ. So, I think it makes all the it makes all the sense in the world. I mean, his uh, match. I like, I, I like the Suji and the Suji one and and the Aromo match. The Aromo match is the best one, but the Suji. I forget about the Aromo match. I think Suji's better. I nah, I think Aromo. Go back and watch that Aromo match. That's some of Aromo's best work in 2023. That Aromo matchup, yeah. And the crowd, the crowd. That was the first sellout but, that Aromo that Sonata drew. But I'll say this: the crowd. The crowd being able to cheer Sonata's name as loud as they did by the end of that match, I was like, they turned, they they, they got with them, they finally, they're with them now. So it's like it was, it, it was, it wasn't all for naught. It, it 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 did solidify him in the main event spot. Maybe in the future, give it another. I would say give it another year. <laughs> they don't have to do it immediately, um, and uh, and go from there. Uh, but yeah, look. I think Wrestle Kingdom was a dope ass show at the end of the day. It, it it delivered on all on all fronts. I I myself have to watch New Year's Dash in total. I just caught up with the highlights while I woke after I woke up. So uh that is what that is. Battle so out Valley. of ten, what did you give the show? Uh, so you're going. A, a solid a solid eight for me. A solid Under eight. eight. You're underrating the show. Yeah, yeah, I was gonna say that's, yeah. that's you definitely are. You yeah. definitely are. Because we haven't even talked about the best match on the show, and you, like, literally, we, even without that best match on the show, you got the three-way matchup, four and three-quarter stars. You just gave a high mark for Sonata and Naito. Yeah. I gave the match four and four and a quarter stars. Where's Dave Meltzer gave that match four, four and a half stars. Yes, sir, yeah. um, you had Despi and Hiromu, ZSJ and Tata, Yuramura and Suji. Yeah. All were four stars. 
Uh, you had Tama and and Shingo. I gave it four and a quarter. Meltzer gave it four and a half. How do you have that many four star matches? This is the it has to be show, above a nine. It has to be above a nine show. where you have that many four star matches on a ten match card. The reason the is to watch that tag match, and that can't have taken up two points. No, no, no. I, it for 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 me, it always comes down to the freaking runtime. One and then two. A lot of the matches were shorter than I expected them to be, and it was still a five hour show. That's really what did it for me in that particular regard. And then the tag match thing was really was really was really dead last. Um, so it that 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 it is what it is. I'll hold on to it. It everybody wants to give it a nine. They want to give it a nine point five. Good for you. I give it an eight. All Wrestle Kingdoms are amazing. By the end of the day. So what what does it matter? I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go back and watch what you gave Russell Kingdom 17. This show was better than Russell Kingdom 17. So if you gave Russell Kingdom 17 brother, a higher mark than this, I will. I'm I'm gonna be like your brother. Your I forget. I forget more about wrestling nowadays than I can remember. It's it's real. The content's just too much. So I if if you go back and watch the tape and my and my grade for Russell Kingdom 17 was higher than 18. So be it, man. I don't remember WrestleMania, Wrestle Kingdom 17 at this point. I just don't. I don't recall any of it. So <laughs> much wrestling, so much content. It's a lot to bear. It's a lot to bear. And for your best match of the night thing, I will have some time next time around to talk about that match. Because I All have right. some things to say about you, that. You, we'll, I'll give you a chance to talk about it on the Battle in the Valley preview. How about that? Mm-hmm. There but you, you go. gotta run, sir. Get the yeah. hell up out of here. Right. Uh, <laughs> See you guys later. Let's talk about the the double main event in a lot of ways uh, that we're gonna talk about next. We got a bunch of people in the comments. I want to highlight some comments here. We got Volabesis for now. Taichi and Sonata tag run, please. You're down yes. with that? Yes, 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 yes. I I think I think they should have done that. After New Japan Cup, I mean, like, like that would have made more sense. Uh, we got uh, Balabisa and have Yuya be the single guy in the in the hunt. I wouldn't mind that. I'd take that, especially after his performance against Suji. Yeah, I appreciate it. Chilling with Chase says this show a nine. Uh, we also got Big Man Dogs who says it depends on if you grade on a curve or not because basically all Wrestle Kingdoms are amazing. But like we, I people need to realize like this was one of the best paced and like top to bottom cards that we gotten for Wrestle Kingdom. I would say since the two night Wrestle Kingdom in 2020, this is the best Wrestle Kingdom top yeah. to bottom in my opinion. That we've gotten since the pandemic, and 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 because the worst match was literally like it was about six seven minutes. I can yeah, I can, I can deal with that. Like like there was no there like we we got Jane News complaining about matches getting short cut short. There was no matches that got cut short more than Tam Nakano versus Kyrie from last year. You were, <laughs> I'm still I'm still scarred by that. What was that? That was like that was like five minutes. Yeah, I remember that. Yo, there was nothing criminally cut like that on this card. That was uh, Valerie saying it, it was a nine. <laughs> we got yeah. a Vantic Girl saying the pay-per-view is a nine out of ten. And Big Man Dog saying I think it's a nine to me because it did have some really cool, memorable moments and great matches. Yeah, that uh, that's the mark of a great pay-per-view. Like a nine out of ten, ten out of ten type of pay-per-view is that you have to have the, the, the mixture of great matches and memorable moments. If you just have memorable moments and some good to bad matches, 
it's not a very memorable pay-per-view. It's not a high-mark pay-per-view. If you just have great matches, it can be a high-mark pay-per-view, but I don't think it's going to be the memorable show of the year pay-per-view. This one wasn't because it had the combination of both. And I think, and like, like I was saying, like, I could, with certain shows, if you ask me, like, a day after, like, what was every show, match on the card? I'd have probably missed something. But this one, I could probably still tell you every result and every match that happened. And that's saying something, like Jane, you said, there is so much wrestling now that it's so easy to forget, but I've not forgotten. Wow. Um, We got King King Potato who says, I also give the show an 8 out of 10 because they had zero women's matches on the card. That might be a stupider complaint than what Jane New said. Because they literally, they only had two Wrestle Kingdoms that had women's matches on it. Can I, can I just say, so I had this, like, debate with this person on Twitter, like, a few weeks ago. I had to, like, stop because I was getting, like, angry. And if this person is on this chat, sorry. But they were basically saying how, like, New Japan had missed the mark and that they'd be more successful if they joined with Stardom in one company. And I was trying to be like, but the, um like, oh, but they're not respecting women's wrestling. I'm saying they're respecting women's wrestling by allowing them to have their own company where they can shine. And the person was like, but they're not doing this. People need to stop with this idea that for women's wrestling to be equal, that they need to be on Wrestle Kingdom. They are equal in the sense that they can sell out their own shows. Why have them on a jam-packed Wrestle Kingdom card where, like you're saying, they would get maybe 5, 10, 15 minutes, where on their own show, they can get 20, 30, 40 minutes. Like, we need to stop with this Western ideology that for Japanese wrestling to be good, that women need to be on men's card and vice versa. Doesn't need to work. It's why you have New Japan. It's why you have Stardom. It's why you have DDT, why you have Tokyo Joshi. They can join together sometimes, but they work because they can sell out and they can have their own successful shows. So let's stop with this discourse right now. Let's leave that in 2023, please. You guys have to realize when you're having a Western thought, when you're having, when you, you're not even realizing that WWE is making you think like that, like that the way WWE has been for years is making you think like that. And you need to get out of that because that's not what new Japan is. Stardom is something completely different. And literally all everybody has been telling me since January 4th is you need to watch Shuri versus Mayu Iwatani. You need to watch Shuri versus Mayu Iwatani. And I guarantee you, if they were on this card, no one would be saying that. No, like they can make appearances. Like it's similar with, um, if you watch DDT, sometimes you'll have Tokyo Joshi wrestlers appear. That is fine. But to, you're almost doing a disservice to stardom by saying, oh, but stardom and New Japan should join together. Are you telling me that you don't think that stardom can do a full show by themselves? Well, no, they can't. Yeah, like I said, they had a show on Wrestle Kingdom Day. They have shows all the time and they are very successful. To like to say, oh, but New Japan having women's matches makes it equal. No, it does the opposite because you are basically saying that stardom needs New Japan to do well. They don't. They are their own product. They have their own fans. Like exactly, and it's one com- I, and it's one company it. that owns both of them. Bushi Road owns both of them, and they know that the the best way to make them equal is to have two equal companies. That's what it's they same do. Same with Cyberfight and DDT and Tokyo Joshi. In the sense, I guess DDT and Tokyo Joshi are more similar than Stardom and New Japan, where they are they have good matches but very light hearted. But again. 
they don't need to be together because they have their own fans they have their own shows that do very well like if you want if you want to see the women's wrestling so much subscribe to stardom's yeah or watch the stardom show like like scott e scott e never got any sleep i took a nap before wrestle kingdom <laughs> you know what scott e did he watched tokyo doji pro show right into the stardom show because both of them had shows going on right before wrestle kingdom yeah wrestle princess Always a good show. We got uh, Stu in the chat who says uh, Stardom had their own show before Wrestle Kingdom 18 with possibly match of the year with Shuri versus Mayu. If that match was on the Wrestle Kingdom card, yeah. it would be eight minutes. And that's being generous. And, and, it, would have been, and it would have been straight after evil the evil match. Exactly. Which, where the crowd is dead. Been, yeah. It should. Like, it was probably it was the main event, I assume. Like, you yeah. would never have got that in the top half of the Wrestle Kingdom show. Like it would have probably been lower but, than the tag match as well, and the never. But, but, but King Potato, you we have seen them perform. It, you're saying it would be sick to see them perform in the Tokyo Dome. We have done that, so we did it. We're done. We're done. We don't need to see it every year. You you're not. You didn't say. You didn't put in your comment. We uh, it would be sick to see them perform in the Tokyo Dome every year. We already seen Stardom stars perform in the Tokyo Dome, so your statement has already been fulfilled. We don't need to do it every year, so you need to revise your grading for Russell Kingdom because just, saying saying you're giving it an eight out of ten because it didn't have a women's match when there is nothing that said it was gonna have a women's match that is a nonsensical complaint, in my opinion. It just it just like it's not even like I hate to because I get it, but like at the end of the day, you need to understand that like. And, and SPC said this earlier, step out of that Western mentality of what wrestling is. Because, come on, we've seen that women's, having women and men on the same show don't work. Like, I've not watched WWE um, for years, um, but when I watched it, there was like one women's match compared to the rest men. When I watch AEW, there's like one and a half maybe women's matches compared to the whole. It never works, but you should be proud that in Japan there are enough female wrestlers with enough talent to have a full, like, I don't know how long the stardom show was, but I know Wrestle Princess is normally like three, four hours, that they can have that on their own. Whereas maybe WrestleMania, I'm using that as another thing, they'll get maybe like two matches on it. Why would you ever want that? Yeah, I don't, I, I, I just, that's a confusing thing to kind of want from New Japan when you let's, have let's a stardom. That. Let's leave that in 2023, the idea that New Japan needs women's wrestling, because we don't. Yeah, yeah, let's, no. let's leave that idea and realize that that idea is a, is a misconception created by Vince McMahon. Yeah, this this that, that's why I highlighted this comment. This is why I highlighted this comment because Big Man Dogs is saying the real complaints we got about Stardom. Yeah. They need some damn English commentary, and also another great complaint: Bala B saying Stardom need to stop forcing us to watch them in live illegally by selling every pay per view as a forty dollar pay per view on an inferior system. They always have problems. Every time I hear somebody got a stardom pay-per-view, they always had an issue with them. That gives me no yes. type of incentive to get it for the, to buy a stardom pay-per-view. I'll just watch it illegally. It's after. just like, but it's literally just like the New Japan USA shows. Like, don't hate me, New Japan, if you're watching this. I have never bought one of those goddamn shows. Me either. 
Me and I'm sorry, Nucci. <laughs> I, 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 I already play $8.99 yen every freaking month. Why am I paying extra for this New Japan Strong I, Show, which is not even as good as your Japan show? I buy your merch. You know, we we promote your company. We ain't going to be paying, like, what is it, like £25 for, like, a show on Fight TV, which always has issues? Sorry. No. We need to put that behind us, you know, New Japan, like, oh, you know what? We'll put that up for New Japan. Look, New Japan, you stop forcing us to watch USA, because I assume Battle in the Valley is paid. Yeah. 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 I won't be buying it. Oh, we also got here. I'll just watch the Japanese commentary on World. Yeah. Uh, Frantic Rail saying, I don't spend... Huh? that's free the u.s shows um i think they did have one u.s show where it was just japanese commentary on new japan world i thought that like it's only like on vod for japanese but only japanese fans can watch it i'm not sure i'm not Otherwise, sure i generally watch japanese commentary anyway like you know, they have delays on english i always just watch japanese hmm. I guess everybody's on on some type of uh, some type of trickery when it comes to New Japan Strong shows and Stardom shows, but let's talk about the semi-main event because Sanal, this might be one of the greatest matches I've ever watched in my life. Brian Danielson, you're gonna hate me though with what I say later because while I like I know it's one of the best matches ever. The, ne the next, you know, I should go with my heart. This, that's all I'm gonna say when I speak about the next two matches. You know, my heart means more than anything. Just keep that in mind. Okay, this match opened up with an opening tie up. We get a, a little bit of like a feeling out process where Okada is basically trying to bait uh Danielson into striking him. Instead, Danielson takes Okada to the mat and he begins going after Okada's arm. He said in the lead up to the matchup, he's gonna break Okada's Rainmaker arm so he never delivers a Rainmaker again. It was the Rainmaker that broke his broke his orbital bone, so he was out on a mission. Once they return to their feet. Okada caught Danielson with a couple of strikes, flooring him. Uh, we get Okada landing the big drop kick right to Danielson's eye before landing a big DDT on the floor. Okada attempted the running drop kick, but but Danielson catches him with the Basiko knee right into the ribs. Danielson then places Okada against the barricade, then starts slamming his arm into the metal. He then puts his his arm into like the doorway of the bar barricade and then slams it on his Rainmaker arm. Just the offense that Danielson was doing on Okada's arm was just absolutely gruesome. After like about like 10 minutes, I would say like eight, nine minutes of torture Danielson was putting Okada through. Okada finally started making the comeback. He hits a big boot. He then just starts stomping at the eye of Danielson. He rips off the eye patch and starts stomping at the broken orbital bone. Uh, Danielson comes back. He, uh, but Okada surprises Danielson with a scary looking power driver on the apron. We get uh, back in the ring. Okada taunted uh, Danielson with flat foot kicks to the eye patch, to the, to the broken orbital bone. Okada lands a big drop kick from the top rope, uh, which is the move that broke Danielson's 
Okada's arm, but all it does is damage Okada's uh, injured arm in this one. Okada then tries for the Rainmaker, but the injury-induced hesitation gave Danielson the time to duck. Danielson follows up with a kick and his signature elbow strikes. Okada powers up, but Danielson comes back with the Basiko knee, and then he locks on the LaBelle lock after a near fall. Danielson transitions the LaBelle lock, and then he uses the Rings of Saturn type submission that he tapped Okada with at Forbidden Door. This was absolute pain. Like the pain retched on Okada's face just totally enthralled me. I was totally engrossed in this matchup every step of the way. And the crowd was as well, like getting louder and louder as this match went on with the submissions and their, their gas to every strike that Danielson was making to Okada's injured arm. Okada finally escapes and Danielson starts stomping at his head brutally. Uh, Danielson pulls, uh, pulls to a standing position where Okada fires back with a sudden Rainmaker. And this Rainmaker basically came out of nowhere where Okada was, he hits it with the injured arm and he just is, he just falls down in pain. It was like a Rainmaker, like a shot to just give yourself room because you're getting, you're getting pelted by, by gunshots. Basically Danielson pulls Okada to the ground, but Okada starts fighting back with strikes on the mat. Once standing up, he tries for another Rainmaker, but Danielson kicks the injured arm. Danielson then hits one Basiko knee, but he doesn't go for the cutter, uh, the, the cover, instead opting for another. But Danielson misses that one, which gives Okada the open opportunity. He hits a big German suplex, holds on to the German suplex. Danielson tries to fight away, so Okada lands a big rainmaker out of nowhere. He collapses onto Danielson, pinning him. This match went just over 23 minutes, 23 minutes, 24 seconds. It was some of the most outstanding and beautiful, violent wrestling you will see out there today. And just a simple story was just so superb in this one of simply it was eye versus arm. The attacks of Danielson yeah. to, to Okada's arm. Okada coming back, going after the broken orbital bone, and in the end, that Rainmaker just taking taking Danielson's head off and getting Okada the win while he's still holding arm, holding on to the injured arm. This was art. Oh my god, I absolutely love this match. This is the front runner. This has set the bar for match of the year, in my opinion. Post-match, both men show respect to one another, raising each other's hands. They bow to each other, kissing the mat. Oh, my God. I am I've, I am a long-time Brian Danielson fan. Brian Danielson, in my opinion, he's my favorite wrestler of all time, and he is also the best wrestler I have ever seen in my life. I have never seen this man more happier than in this matchup. This man was hugging red shoes before the bell <laughs> even rung. He was so ecstatic and he had so much fun. And Okada, man, Okada has put on some of the greatest matches of all time. But this might be one of his single greatest performances because the way he sold the arm is some of the best selling he has done in his goddamn career. This was art in his at his best. You felt the pain of Okada from his facial expressions to the way he was selling the arm to the way Danielson's offense just looks so brutal. I absolutely love this match. 
there is no less than five stars that I can give this one. This is a perfect matchup in the Tokyo Dome. It don't get no better than this. Sanal, what did you think? Before I talk about my own views, you know I like to bring in my family into this. Because yesterday, so SP3 wanted me to join um, the watch along. And I told him I couldn't because I had a full house. So, because it's still the holidays. So my sister was the reason I got into WWE. She doesn't watch anymore. She gave up after like a few months. But so she, she was watching it and she went, why is Daniel Bryan on the screen? And then she got even more confused because my mom loves Okada. She loves Okada. So she turned to my mom and went, Mom, why are you not cheering for Daniel Bryan? Why are you cheering for the other person? Obviously knowing it. And I knew it was good. You spoke about that one spot where Bryan had uh, Okada in the hall and like he's going to pass out. My mom looked at me and she was like in and out of the show during the morning and she went, Okada looks like he's going to pass out. She's like, I've never seen him look like that. And I was like, that is the day you said. Some of the, like Okada always puts on amazing matches. But I don't think I've ever seen a match he's had where I've been like, shit. Are you sure? Are, you, are we sure this is professional wrestling? Because he literally looks like he might just pass out any moment. <laughs> I was like, I've never seen Okada in this position before. And I was like, I was like oh my God. Oh my God, he's got, like, Okada's not going to lose again. Is he? Can't, can't, can't do this. Like, oh Yo, it made, made me legit believe he was going to lose again. I was like, Brian's going to break something. He's actually going to break the Rainmaker. Are you going to break the Rainmaker? And then obviously Okada won in the end. And I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. But um, yeah, so as much as I'm going to say this is the next match personally, like just for me as a fan, this match wrestling wise and just like you said, the sheer joy on Danielson's face. Like, you know, this is what he's dreamed of. Do you know what I mean? He's done WrestleManias. He's on AEW, but this shows like this is like and for so many people so many amazing wrestlers new japan wrestle king and the tokyo dome is that dream moment that they aspire to and like to have like you said two of the best in the world i can best i just say ever. Also, two of the best ever these two it's, guys it's one at one a piece right and i yeah. think i saw somebody say it's online or was it something we don't need a buffer match. We don't need it like yeah like I, I, I heard I heard someone say that and I was just like yeah, honestly, I don't want them to ruin this. I don't want them to ruin this. Like, you would ruin this. Like, we got we got the first match, which even though uh, Danielson gets his arm broken 10 minutes in, it's still a great matchup. But this was even better. I don't want to ruin it. Just leave, leave it like that. Taste. Don't leave a sour taste. Like, if, like, anything less than this would be disappointing. And I don't think you can get better than this. Not just because of, obviously, the wrestling itself, but the stage the whole atmosphere, like, don't, you don't, sometimes you need to break that, so Despy is fine, the tag team champions, this one, because there was no titles, because it was really just a dream match people wanted, there's no feud or anything, just leave it as it is, just leave it at two, leave it one-one, have two of the best wrestlers in the world, ever, have their one apiece, don't need no, they don't need no, like, competition to see who's better, because we know they're just as good. Just leave it there. Just leave it there. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm totally fine with this being a two-match series. I'm totally fine with that. And yes, I, I we need to talk about the entrances. Because that, that I think, I think like, I think, because I did mention that Dave Meltzer in the Wrestling Observer Newsletter, he rated this match five and a quarter stars. And I think the extra quarter was for the entrances. Because yeah, the, 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 the Okada entrance with the jacket. 
that is one design and then he flashes light over it and it turns into a whole new design. Yo, I was like, yo, this this motherfucker, this motherfucker done had cracking the lights. Like he got he got changing designs. What are we you doing? Know what You're saying this. So I said obviously when Shota had his entrance, I was like, yeah. Entrance of the night, this is phenomenal. Then obviously Osprey had his Assassin's Creed one. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah bloody amazing. And then Okada came out like, yeah, Okada, why are you going to do this? You're basically like, fuck you and your motorbike. Fuck you and your Assassin's Creed. Bitch, I am the rainmaker. And I'm like, that's how you do it. That's how you do it. Because you got Okada. Beautiful. Yeah. And then and then Brian coming out with the white, with the dragon scales on the jacket and it's the so tights. Short. And the boots. Oh my God. Like, like that's 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 Wrestle Kingdom attire right there. And then they go out and have a perfect matchup. Yeah, like match of the year. So and, and the bit at the end, and the bit the, the the mutual sign of respect. Um, I obviously wasn't here for the first book, like you know, when like Zach and Tanahashi, like yeah. Zach, there's something like about seeing wrestlers bow to each other that is just really emotional because that is such a big thing in Japanese and I think a lot of Asian cultures in general. And to see it between two best, and obviously after Okada's breaking Daniel Bryan, uh, Brian Danielson's bones, um, it just that's why I feel like you don't need another match because they are at this like mutual respect now. And, and yeah, that moment, that moment that RPG is talking about here, when he closes his eyes, gets into the corner, and then slowly starts doing the yes chair. And he doesn't do it anymore because he can get a lawsuit from WWE. So when he does it, that means that he got that fucking in him system. He like, fuck it. <laughs> he was in the Tokyo Dome. He was feeling it. I had goosebumps. My hair is... I'm just talking about it. I got goosebumps. Mm. I got goosebumps. It was... Literally, it was... Even like New Year's Dash when the yes chance. It's just... It's something... So for me, who obviously watched WWE when he was there, it's something like emotionally nostalgic about it. Do you know what I mean? Like, for so many people, that is probably like one of the first wrestlers they watched and who got them into wrestling. And I was just like... And to see that alongside Kazuchika Okada... I was, I was, I was happy. Was I was bloody happy. Big Man Dog says, "Yes, chance is Brian's hoking up." It is. It really it is. is. <laughs> it's like he's he's powering up right now. <laughs> oh man, I, I could talk about that match all day. I will talk about it tomorrow on the SP, SP3's love letter to Daniel to Brian Danielson versus Kazuchika Okada. Watch out for that. Oh man, I, I might need to do a whole separate video on that match. That's Watch how out, much I love that match. Yes. <laughs> and then finally, Sano, the main event of Wrestle Kingdom 18 for the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship. Sonata defending. Can I, can I just say something quickly before? My mom hated me by the end of this match. She at one point she was like, "Are you okay?" I was like, "No, I'm just gonna leave that there." Just because when we talk about it, you'll understand where my mum was basically like, "Someone, are you okay? You need to calm down." And why? Calm why down. as good as Okada versus Danielson was, why this next match was my match of the night. So just to, just hold that piece of information as we go through this. So this one started off with Naito kind of gaining control early on on the mat. 
uh, Sonata defending against Tensuya Naito in this one before uh, sending Sonata to the floor, tried to send Sonata to the floor, but he reversed things and then he sent uh, Naito to the floor and hit did his own version of the Naito taunt, which I thought was very, very fun spot. Back in the ring, uh, Naito began wearing down Sonata's neck with some strikes. He hits a big slam. He was maintaining control, keeping him on the mat, working over the neck. Sonata would fire back, sending him to the floor, hitting a big plancha here. He then fired back with the big TKO, which was the first move that he ever hit when he was in Los Inganables de Japón when he helped Naito win the IWGP Heavyweight Championship. He gets a two count with that one. After a little bit of work on the neck, uh, Sonata then locked on the skull end. Once Naito escaped that one, Sonata attempted the moonsault, but Naito was able to avoid it. A dropkick from Naito sent Sonata to the ground, leaving Naito free to focus on the neck once more. A neckbreaker from the barricade to the floor left uh, Sonata outside high into the referee's count before breaking it. Naito dropped Sonata's neck into his knee, and then he followed up, putting him on the top rope and hitting a big Frankensteiner, which looked very pretty. Sonata reversed Naito's Tornado DDT into the Magic Screw. That was a, a good near fall as well. He followed up with a Poison Rana and a Shining Wizard before attempting another Moonsault. This time, Naito stuck, uh, stuck out his knees to block the finish. On one standing, Naito landed a barrage of strikes to the neck. Those elbows to the neck are just vicious. Naito followed up with the Espinaza and then a Destino. Naito, knowing one Destino wouldn't be enough, he tried for another, but Sonata reversed that into another TKO. Sonata tried for the uh, moonsault once again. He overshot it a hair, but hit it and got a near fall. Sonata tried again, uh, uh, but uh, Naito was able to kick out. Naito then interrupted Sonata's follow-up with a big old spine buster. Sonata tried to hoist uh, Naito up again, but he dropped him. Naito hits uh, Destino once again, but again, he was forced to try for another, and this time, Sonata slipped free, making the move uh, partially land, actually, by, like, accident. That was a weird little uh, mistiming botch there. After, Naito, after Sonata kicked out of that one, he hit uh, Naito with a sudden uh, deadfall, forcing a match reset. Then Sonata go, uh, hit the Destino. <laughs> I was like, whoa, okay. Then he picked up Naito. He tried to go for the deadfall, but Naito hit deadfall instead. Uh, Naito then lands a big tornado DDT. Sonata fires back briefly, but cannot hold on to the lead. Naito uh, hits a, hits the deadfall once again. He looks like he's going for the Destino as he sets it up. He, he wrenches the arm, hits the Destino. The crowd at this point is on their feet, begging Naito to put this one away. Destino, one, two, three. Tensilia Naito becomes the IWGP World Heavyweight Champion in the main event of the Tokyo Dome at Wrestle Kingdom 18. This match went 25 minutes, 42 seconds, an excellent match between these two men. Like I said, there was like a, some mistiming on certain spots. I gave the match four and a quarter stars, though. Just an excellent affair. These two guys have great chemistry with one another, but I would, I think this was their best match, despite the mistiming mm -hmm. spot. I thought this was their best match because the crowd were just so invested into every single move, every single, every single ebb and flow, twist and turn in this matchup. After the match, Naito grabs the microphone and just as he's getting going and speaking about his win, 
evil and Dick Togo come and attack Naito. Dick Togo. It's always fucking Dick Togo. Evil tells Naito that he wouldn't have let him have his roll call. He props him up. Dick Togo holds him up for Evil to hit him with the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship. From out of nowhere, Sonata makes the save, dropping Evil with the Shining Wizard, taking out Dick Togo. Once the ring is cleared, Naito thanks Sonata and says that he was a great champion. The crowd starts chanting, Sonata, Sonata, Sonata. Sonata starts crying as he's walking up the ramp. Oh, my God. What an emotional moment. Blood pouring from his head. He thanked thanked, uh, the, the fans for their support. And then finally, finally, Tensuya Naito got his LIJ roll call. Bushi Takagi Tita Horomo Tita Yuta Tanaito Los Incanables De Ha Pone. Finally, he did it. The goal is complete by himself, though. Naito's story is finished. Like I said, I love the main event matchup, but Sanal, I feel like you loved it even more. What did you think about this main event? What did you think about the post-match with Evo, Dick Togo, and Sonata? Right, so first of all, you mentioned the little botchy thing here. You know what? I don't understand. So I've been on Reddit. I live on Reddit, right? And someone decided to say, oh, there was like a two botches in the thing. Naito's finished. What in what logic are you gonna say? Because there was two very, very you know what, two issues in a in a very good match that Naito needs to retire. I'm gonna put this out there. None of you are doctors. You gonna tell me that Naito's on the same edge of bloody Tanahashi? Or I mean, for people who watched it, Kotra Boots. Yeah, they were on his Noah show. Ooh, oof, oof. Naito is nowhere near finishing yes he's probably not got 10 years in him he has said that but to say that this main event was not good or the two little missteps that were in there which were equally would have been sonada's um fault as well because you're not going to say sonada's ready to retire that that means he's this is his last wrestle kingdom just going to put that out there secondly this match was beautiful so whereas i said you know i said the okada daniel Simon was pure phenomenal wrestling this it was the storytelling that got to me from the beginning you know when you could hear the 95 percent naito chants and sonada was like going like this obviously knowing he wasn't getting it and naito was obviously he knew the crowds were for him yeah. so he was being cocky at the start and i could see the fire in sonada slowly come out this fire that we've said he's not had and like he was slowly coming out you could see it with him trying the other moves similarly with Naito, and it's two men who know each other so well, like, although they didn't really, like, they weren't the closest, because we say, like, LIJ, while they're close, it's not maybe, like, personal close, do you know yeah. what I mean, like, it's a very different bond to maybe the guys. There, there, there's there's people in the group that are close, like, Hiromu and Naito, Naito but, yeah. like, the group overall is not, like, United Empire or TMDK. Exactly. Even, even, how to torture for everything we say bad about them, they feel like a family. 
and just five guys just yeah. five guys and also as much as i think and people say chaos chaos are yeah. i think chaos are actually closer not, not all the time not all not the time, all the time. <laughs> but yeah so like that for me like i felt emotional like, i tweeted this like by the end of it because i think i got to like when chris charlton was doing his bit before the match started i thought fuck it sonata's winning they are really pushing this whole like thing and i was like right i don't care like i will be happy if sonata wins and like it could happen and so as it got further on and we were seeing a failed destino and stuff i was like mm, this could happen and what i want to say is so there was that slightly shitty destino what i liked is that they didn't end it there so you know on the zach and tana match that last roll up before the pin was a bit mm. mm -hmm. i am very glad that they didn't end it on that destino but that like yeah. i also don't think that something like that says that naito is any lesser of a wrestler because mistake like i saw one funny person saying well if botches mean they should retire then shouldn't most of the AEW roster retire <laughs> And you, see, and you see a lot more botches on NXT. That's the funny part. Exactly. <laughs> well, for me, I personally like that you could even twist it in a way that these two are so passionate about what they're... Oh, Hontai. Yeah, Hontai. But Hontai yeah. is very big. Like, I think yeah. it depends on what you're doing. Like, GBH are close and stuff. Sorry, that's a, off the topic. Um, But you could say that the passion to do so well is going to lead to missteps. Like... Do you know what I mean? Um, in terms yeah. of the ending, while I guess you could have done without evil and it could have been, I think something like that was needed to make Sonata like get the chance. Like that almost feel like the crowning glory to his title reign, even though he didn't have the title holding it. And theoretically, and I hate to say it, like it makes the most sense. So evil was Sonata's ex-partner in LIJ. The storytelling comes all the way around. And I saw a comment earlier that for everyone going into this, while you might not have been excited due to um, Sonada's lackluster read, you can't say that this match had no history or no story. Albeit the storyline was not built within the past two months or since the G1. Yeah. But for... As I expect with a lot of New Japan, you need to delve further. You, New Japan did a perfect YouTube video where they went from, you know, showing the um, audition that both of them did when Sonata was 17 and Naito was 23 and that Naito passed. And then obviously Sonata's journey to New Japan. And, and it's sort of things like that of like, and then you combine that with obviously Naito being like, Sonata, you're not a proper champion. You've not got the factor. Basically yeah. drawing on what all the public are saying. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And if you think about it, that, to have someone who is so intertwined with Naito's history, to be the person that he gets his crowning glory and the thing he wanted, like, oh, that's why that's why this match for me, like, personally, as a Naito and Sonata fan, meant the most. And especially when, like, Sonata went crying. It's true. After all these years of being known as, like, Tranquilo when he was in um lij emotionless as the cold, cold, skull. cold skull yeah no no charisma or nothing that stands out in just five guys we have seen now a new side to sonata and even in new year's dash the way that he sort of stood up to naito and doing it could this be like the 
little twist that Sonada needs to be like, I need to do something now. You're going to tell me that I'm the champion and there was hardly anyone on my side until I saved Naito. Yeah, I, 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 I would like I would like some aggressive and a change. I'm not going to hold my breath because I thought I was going to have that change in the New Japan Cup, and then we got the same <laughs> old Sonata. So we shall wait and see. But this was great. This was a great memorable moment. I love the fact that they got Sonata involved. They got all the the members of Lij in some way, whether they were a part of the roll call or whether they were former members, they were involved in this angle. This was a great way to close out the show and actually made it worthy. Everything included, the match and then the post-match, made it worthy of being in that main event spot, even over what I thought was the better match of Okada versus Can Daniel. I ask, so you've watched more Wrestle Kingdoms than me. Um, what, for me, the reaction that, that Naito and Sonata match got, so the chants and stuff, I don't know if I've heard something like that before. Like, the chants for Naito, Naito and Okada from from 2018 right okay so then yeah that that was the that was the last time that it was like this and that's why everybody was pissed when he yeah. lost when he lost so so since 2018 because so yeah the reason that was my first wrestle kingdom so i wasn't that aware of it but since i started watching new japan this was probably the hottest and the most passionate crowd like i'd seen from like when i when naito came out and all the light sticks turned red to the cheers and like I, I said it on my youtube channel i was like if anyone knows korean man bts it felt like that was who naito was that reaction that he got was like i was like i said this home i was like this is why i look japanese fans are normally quite reserved yeah. so you know for them to give that reaction it has naito means so much to them and that's why i think i got emotional as well because i was like you know what these crowds I have an emotional investment in this story and in Tetsu and Naito. I, I said it on the Fight for Review after the show, and I'll say it here. Naito's connection with this New Japan fans in Japan is unlike anything we have seen. The only thing comparable to it is the Von Eriks back in the 80s mm -hmm. in Texas. That's how beloved the Von Eriks was. And you kind of get a picture of that by watching the, the Iron Claw movie. But like it's it almost feels like it's on that level or even more with Naito and the New Japan fans in Japan. They just adore this man. He is a national hero mm -hmm. and they they live and die off of his off of the results of his matches, especially when he's vying for the top prize in the main event of Wrestle Kingdom. That loud reaction we saw in 2018 when him on Okada the loud reaction we got in 2020 when he became the double champion oh, and then here good. in this matchup these are like some of the loudest reactions you will ever hear for a Wrestle Kingdom main event and and I think the thing with Naito is it comes is like yes his wrestling style is great but it's Naito as a person as someone I've met Naito twice now and you always have this like they always say don't meet your idols because especially in wrestling because on tv you see a character and you almost get worried you're like what they're going to be the same people and especially when you're like you speak english and they speak japanese but naito and i think i'm going to say it for most of the rest of the new japan ones, they are legitimately very nice kind enthusiastic like when i was watching other people on the naito meet and greet he was so enthusiastic he was so excited and 
that radiates like Naito's love of pro wrestling and just generally the love of the fans is projected in everything he does and that's why fans love him even more that is very true that is he's very endearing to the to the fans regardless of what his persona is of being nonchalant and not giving a not giving a damn he's very endearing to to his fan base and that's why he's as popular as he is and arguably might go down as one of if not the most popular probably yeah. outside of like Hiroshi Tanahashi in New Japan history but I think with Naito, I think his fans are more passionate than Tanahashi. Tanahashi gets love, but just something about Naito fans. Because it feels like they 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 have always had an obstacle to overcome. Yeah. Because they, you know, he got he had the he wins the Tokyo Dome main event, he gets voted out of it. He gets <laughs> sent to can't sent to Mexico, kind of sent on an excursion, a second excursion after he already mm. went on excursion and goes to Mexico and reforms himself. And then he became this anti-hero in a lot of ways. Naito and the story of him being this popular anti-hero is in a lot of ways New Japan's answer to Stone Cold Steve Austin. Like he Stone Cold Steve Austin was a guy, was a veteran who had a lot of obstacles that he had to overcome. But once he hit and connected with the WWF fans, he became the biggest star of all time. And Naito, he's not, I don't think he's that for New Japan, but he may be the most popular star in New Japan pro wrestling history. Mm, yeah, because he like I think it's similar, not it's, it's similar to the Empire. So when the Empire first created, they were meant to be heels. But naturally, the Japanese fans like fell for them and they became tweeners. And I think that's the thing with Naito is that almost like he can do no wrong. It is like that. It is like that with, with Naito. He can do no wrong. So, But let us know, ladies and gentlemen, it's about that time. For us to wrap things up, last call for Super Chat donations, guys. We always appreciate that. It helps us out so, so much. So if you're feeling generous, you could give a little bit back. We would appreciate that as we get the last call there. And last call for final comments. We want to know your match of the night. MVP, LVP, what did you give the show out of 10? Thumbs up, thumbs down, thumbs in the middle for the entire show. For me and Sanal, we will put our thumbs in the middle. For NJPW, Wrestle Kingdom 18 in 3, 2, 1. Thumbs up across the board. Four thumbs up. Even a thumb, two thumbs for, for J News. Out of 10, what did you give the show, Sanal? 9.5. We are on the same page. I think that's why we both responded to J News like, 8? Yeah. The fuck? The fuck? Did you just watch like Elimination Chamber 2023? Or did you watch Wrestle Kingdom? Like, the only flaw was that tag match and it's like i said before it's not long enough or significant enough to make up any do you know what i mean if that was a title match i might have lowered it but it literally wasn't and i got to see and, and if it didn't have out. a point it, at least it had a point hmm. to it and if and you know i got to see shota umano come out on a motorbike so can't come oh and kaito kiyomi was there with oiwa so i got to see them at some point it's fine they didn't over, they also didn't overrun the match. They didn't go like, oh, here's 15 minutes. They could have, but they didn't. I still he's not Brian because Brian had the obstacles because of his size and because of his look. 
the reason why he's Austin is because a lot of it came down to he didn't have the right personality that connected with the fans yet. He didn't have he had injuries, the neck, the series of neck injury. They he he is Austin to a T. He's but also Austin. like Naito got pushed quite quickly. So like he was obviously given the title, um the heavyweight title, but no one gave a shit. Yeah. Well, I mean. Brian had the obstacles because, like you said, his size and it was never, he was pushed to the point and nobody liked him. Everyone was always rooting but the hardships came from the top. Yeah. And, and also, Steve, Steve Austin got a little bit of a push in WCW and it just didn't connect there. And then he had to find something. Like, that's, like, that's why Nitro is Austin. And like, yeah. what other, there's, is, I don't even know if it's actually happened before where two excursions and one where because bear in mind Naito's excursion came after he'd won the tag titles after he'd won the big title why like it's almost it would be an embarrassment to go on an excursion again something that is especially in japan is known for the young lions yeah so none of so the underdog thing wasn't a thing it was just nobody cared about naito yeah 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 that's why I, I don't think that brian is a good comparison to him because it's two different things as far as like obstacles and being an underdog. I mean, he's just loved. He's loved in a similar way, like the fans and stuff. But just yeah. the story is completely different. Yeah. We got Stu who gives it a strong 9 out of 10 MVP Sonata for saving the yeah. day and taking out evil. Yeah. We also got Frantic World. This is MVP Will, Mox, Okada, Brian, and Naito. You can't split an MVP five ways. Pick one. Yeah, I didn't like that um, <laughs> Match of the night, Sonal. Who you got? I like I said, you I, I did tease this. It's Naito versus Sonata. Um that is a personal one for me just because of how much I love Sonata and Naito. And I am a massive fan of long storytelling. And the fact that this dates back to their first tryouts just like hit like just hit somewhere different. And yeah, it's the reaction from the crowds as well. Like, just for me, that everything came into place and all of the haters that were going into it, like, they're not gonna, they don't deserve the main event, they don't deserve it. Like, this was like, I think, a middle finger to them. Vindication for Sonal and for Naito and Sonata. But my match of the night is the first five-star matchup of 2024 for me is Kashiko Okada versus Brian Danielson. I love this match so much. I probably will watch it after we're done with this review because I need to, I need to watch it again because I've been talking about it and it's been getting me excited to watch it again. Like, and I don't even like, even doubt that it's just, like I said, it's just, I've always gone with my heart. Like, I mean, we know this from like whenever I make predictions or anything. So like, that's why, but yeah, wrestling wise, Okada versus like Brian was just phenomenal. But for me, like, I love wrestling because I like the story as well. So, hey, I love the story of that match too. The story, yeah. the action, it had everything. I loved it. Uh, what, who was your MVP for the shows at all? Because I could go, I could go really like standard, but I'm going to break it just because also I didn't have a chance to talk about it. It's two Suji and Uemura. It's an odd one, but the reason why is they were no title match. They were thrust in between like a really shit match and then title matches. And it's their debut. It's 
it's their Wrestle Kingdom debut. And God, you know what? I loved scrolling on social media and people saying, who are these two guys? I'm a fan now. And it just made me so proud. Like I remember when they first made their debut in their black trunks. I watched Suji here in the UK live. And to see where they are now, like it's a, it's a, it's a big ask of, you know, your debut having like a singles match. And the fact that they both managed to do it to a very high level, like, yes, that's why. Nah, that's a very good answer. I am going to go with Tensuyo Naito and Sonata. I'm going to go with co-MVP for those two guys because they had a lofty, lofty challenge ahead of them following the all of this show but in particular the last two matches where you had a spectacular three-way matchup for the global heavyweight championship you get the nice post-match brawl with a former wwe champion in in Dolph Ziggler aka Nick Nemeth then you get a five-star matchup with Kashiko Okada and Brian Danielson two of the greatest wrestlers of all time and still they had the crowd on the edge of their seat into every single move, every single twist and turn. So they deserve the MVP of the but show. That's the thing, isn't it? Because if you think about it, so the triple threat, Osprey, one of the biggest in the world, John Moxley, and then obviously Dolph Ziggler, and then Brian Danielson. You have global stars there. And then like, God bless, like Naito and Sonada, obviously huge in Japan. But like it's a big feat to do, and they held their own. They went, okay, this match has so the global match has given you like danger and drama and stuff. Brian versus Okada has given like amazing technical wrestling. We're gonna combine all of that. We're gonna put emotion. We're gonna do story. We're gonna do wrestling. We're gonna showcase. We're gonna remind you that there is a story to us that you should be taking notice of. Yeah. And they like. They prove that they that deserve to be the main event. And and literally, I I like last year. I thought the Jay White versus Kashiko Okada matchup was great, but it didn't feel like they got the crowd up to the level that Omega and Osprey did yeah, Osprey, to the yeah. match prior. This match was able to do that, even though it wasn't as great of a match as Okada and Brian. So that's why I think that that's why they deserve the MVP most of all. Also, Sonata cried. We never seen that. Never see this. Not cried. MVP. Uh, the main event, we got Dustin in the chat. It says the main event uh, felt very well paced and uh, UT felt the uh, fit the characters and the story. Yeah. Yeah. No, literally, like it was, it's, it's something from like their entrances. So, you know, Sonata came out in the red gear, but then Naito had his red like gear as well. And it felt like, and at the ending bit. So, I want to bring this. So, for most, people when they betray their faction it's very toxic what sonada did proved that his leaving lij that there was still a connection there because he said when he left he went this is nothing personal this is i am not growing in lij yeah. and i almost feel that people forget like he was in lij for so long Seven years. and that was where he made his name he's that's as soon as he was in new japan he was in lij and that cannot go away although sonada never really showcased a close bond to the members like we pointed out like naito and hiromu does you know like the the older brother and younger brother thing that would still be there and it's it was that also small storytelling of i was like oh yeah sonada didn't leave lij in cold blood he just found 
somewhere new and he still has that respect for Naito who brought him into the company that he failed to get into all those years ago. Exactly. Got that love for each other. And then finally, LVP. Oh, this is easy. House of Torture. We can't we can't specify which one. Yeah, yeah, just House of Torture. This one. Oh, can I also give a special shout out to um Yo's blue tracksuit in the Rambo? <laughs> that's As an LVP? No, no, that's no, that's a special shout out because I saw someone on social media like, can someone tell me what's wrong with you? Why is he coming out like a crazy man? And I'm saying, but that's that's who Yo is. And I was like, I was like, he's little Taguchi. He never really. fails to surprise me, and he was like, "I'm only in the Rambo. I am gonna make a point. I am gonna shine. I'm gonna come out in a blue tracksuit, lose my sh- shoes, lose my socks, and still make it to the final." Hey. He made it to the finals. That's all he made. That all that matter. All that matter, ladies and gentlemen. But yes, we have made it to the end of our Wrestle Kingdom 18 review. Uh, we did talk about some of the bigger news and notes from New Year's Dash. Did you want to really mention- watch the show though? Wasn't it? Uh, it, was a no- it was a noteworthy show as far as like the the two big matches that they made for Battle in the Valley good. with. Osprey versus Ome- uh, versus Okada in the main event. Also, we saw Shingo- Tanahashi's ass. Yes, we did. We did. I was I wanted to forget that, but thanks for reminding me. Single <laughs> uh, Takagi challenging John Moxley to a no DQ so matchup. You got February 11th is going to be Will Osprey's last match in New Japan, and it's going to be oh, a Christ. five on five steel cage oh. match with the United Empire. First time in twenty Club years. First time in twenty years. I am really excited. There's going to be blood. There is going to be tables. There's going to be chairs. There's going to be ladders. And you know what the good thing is? And I'll bring this. So normally in these matches, like, it can become gimmicky. But I think the wrestlers in it are good enough to make it. Do you know what I mean? Like, if House of Torture was in it, it'd be shit. Yes. But because we have got 10 amazing wrestlers, I'm excited. I can't wait for that. I think that's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, they also uh, had Matt Riddle make his uh, debut of sorts with a vignette, a video where he challenged Hiroshi Tanahashi for the NJPW World Television Championship. And I already see the look on your face. Uh, I was, I called it polarizing decision at best. What do you yeah. feel about it? Tanahashi's like, I don't know who this guy is. That was the funniest thing. <laughs> like if it was a flipping um a work or something. Also, I think someone's they're saying about like Tanner booking this. I feel like this might have probably been done before. I feel like this yeah. could have been something done before Tanner. I can see that. Became Mr. President. Like this is not something that just happens overnight. Yeah. Um, I feel like this is just going to be like a U.S. show thing. Um, the the jokes about him in Japan and the the drug. Uh, they speak for themselves um, I personally don't have any excitement really for it I think I'd stopped watching WWE by the time he'd come it'll only be like a 10 minute match so can't complain oh I think SP3 has vanished <laughs> this, is, this is definitely something new um, yeah oh S is SP3 <laughs> Uh, I don't know why this is like the second time this week. It just knocked me out for no reason out of nowhere. Thankfully, I'm doing like, like, other people. I was like, were you that interested in my talk about Matt Riddle that you enlarged me on the screen? And then I was like, wait, no, he's actually not there. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, 
<laughs> I don't know what you want from me. Queen King Potato's like, it was your stream yeah. now, Sonal. I, I took over for approximately like 15 seconds to speak about Matt Riddle. Well, I could have been at any other time. I would have taken the floor if it was about Sonata, but you left it on talking about Matt Riddle. Look, what? you take it on Matt Riddle, sorry. Well, we've made it to the end of our review here. I want to thank Sanal, thank J News for joining me. Uh, we had a great time reviewing Wrestle Kingdom 17, and I think we have an even better time reviewing Wrestle Kingdom 18, despite J News leaving us before the final two matches. I had Sanal here to talk all about it. So I'm going to give you now the spotlight. This time, I am going to be right here. Trust me. I'm not going to go anywhere. I'm going to try not to go anywhere. But Sanal... The spotlight is yours. Let the people know where they can follow you on social media, your YouTube channel, uh, Ace Techers. You're doing a lot of stuff. Let the people know. So, as always, you can find me on Sonal's Life on YouTube. I put out my review yesterday for Wrestle Kingdom, maybe five hours after the show. And that's what you'll get from me if you subscribe. Um, when there are big shows, I try to get reviews out straight away. I do previews. I do listicles. Um, I had my interview with ELP and Hikaleo. So watch out for that. You can obviously find everything that I'm doing on Twitter at wrestling underscore chat. And of course, if you love hearing about New Japan and you want a monthly podcast, you can join me, SP3 and NK on Wrestle in Ace Techers. Absolutely. A new one's going to be dropping next week. We're going to be talking about Wrestle Kingdom 18 some more, more, more in-depth conversation about New Year's Dash, and we're going to be previewing Battle in the Valley. So go over to WrestleIn.com, check out Ace Techers with me and Sanal and NK, and check out all the great content we got across the U the YouTube channel here. We have an exclusive interview with NJPW lead English commentator Walker Stewart talking about how he got into New Japan Pro Wrestling, got his start. This man's only 21 years old. He it is the future. Out, stresses me out. I feel old. Future. Future of, of wrestling commentating. We learn from him. We talk about what he learned from Kevin Kelly and much more. So go over and check that out. Also dropping later today, 7 p.m. Eastern time to be exact, we have our True Hill Heat's best major shows of 2023 list, talking about all the best major shows from the 12 months prior in 2023. That's going to be dropping today, and our final list videos for the year-end list are dropping over the weekend, as well as tomorrow, 11.05 a.m. Eastern time. It's the True Hill Heat flagship podcast, True Hill Heat 258 with our 7th annual True Hill Heat year-end awards. You can vote on that right now over at patreon.com forward slash True Hill Heat, as well as they have the post on our community wall. We'll have a tweet later today. I need to send it to Sanal and all the rest of the True Heels for them to vote for tomorrow as well. So check that out. And we'll have special guests, Set E. Nyangi, as well as Alex McCarthy and Jeremy Lambert talking about this crazy first week of 2024 in professional wrestling. But... Join us all for that. We, me and Sanal. Sanal, will you join us for a Battle in the Valley preview next week? When is it? I don't, I don't, I don't know. J News sound sound like he didn't want to do Monday, so I yeah, I we'll, can't do we'll Monday figure either. it. Okay, so we're perfect. It won't be on Monday, y'all. It'll be another day. <laughs> but hopefully, we'll see Sanal for that, or we'll see her for the review. You'll see me on the True Hill Heat Flagship Podcast, and tonight. For the for the best major shows list. So for Sanal, 
For J News, it is me, it is me, your true hill phenom, SP3. This has been our NJPW Wrestle Kingdom 18 review. We are signing off until next time.